What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Big Cast, episode 212. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, joined by this fabulous panel, as always. To my right, Mr. Rodriguez. Is that a Commodore shirt, my friend? Good call, yeah. 1981 World Tour. Love it. My dad's my first concert in Illinois, Springfield, Illinois, buddy. Wow. uh, Is it wrong that I thought, is it a Commodore 64 shirt? Because that doesn't... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're they're very, very different things. But Hogue, you know that. You know that. Yeah. I don't know who the Commodores are. I'm sorry. Oh, me neither. I knew Travis. Brick House? I, I'm, I, yes, I know all the songs they randomly play in the middle of like uh, Logan and things like that. But no, I don't Richie, know who sings them. I, I, no, I know the songs they, they, they play to uh, show that it's Vietnam, too. I don't know who sings those either. Gosh, that's fair. I, I'm kind of I'm in, in that camp most of the time too. <laughs> if you asked me who sang Easy on Sunday Morning, I wouldn't have been able to say Commodores. I just know who the Commodores are. That's I don't fair. even know what Easy on Sunday Morning is. Travis, you just need to be quiet during this segment because you're <laughs> okay. This is this is not you. Yeah, we all know Travis is in fact Easy on Sunday Morning. <laughs> I'm easy it on is Sunday, Sunday morning, morning, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Right below Dan is uh, the host of Dragons and Lawyers. I'm going to keep promoting it for you, by the way. Mr. Virtual Legality himself, Mr. Rick Hogue. Good morning, sir. Thank you. Yes. Lawyers and Dragons is going crazy with views. Uh, A huge success for the channel. Very excited about it. And we've already said it on Twitter, but we're coming back. We're going to do a full campaign season of Lawyers and Dragons. We'll get some guests on that aren't lawyers. We'll see. You guys can be dragons. We'll figure it out. Uh, But yes, happy Sunday morning, gentlemen. I am super excited to be here. Excellent. And of course, the man, the myth, the easy on Sunday morning fella. Hi, guy, Travis himself. That's my 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 moniker. Everybody knows Travis <laughs> is easy on Sunday morning. There's no one more McClunky. casual than Thai guy Travis. Yeah, dude, <laughs> the, the truth is, I'm never casual or relaxed. That is actually my perfect state. Anyway, um, McClunky, everyone, welcome. Happy to be here. Ready to talk about games that I can't talk about. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be a good one today, and you've got to carry us anyway, Travis, because one of the big topics we're going to be talking today is the future of Destiny 2. They uh, Bungie previewed their event upcoming for Lightfall, their next expansion, and I wanted to talk about not only Lightfall and kind of set the uh, precedent of where that's going to be or set the tone of what that's going to be for people who may not know, but also where Destiny's going into next year and what people can expect. So we like to revisit it once in a while because... As we've discussed, new players getting into Destiny is a challenge. So uh, you can help. Worst onboarding in games. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nightmare. (laughs) So we can uh, help with that. And I want to ask you some questions about other things relating to Bungie 2, which you may have more insight into. We also got a lot of game releases we can finally talk about today. So we got a Stuss Falls. We got Hot Wheels expansion. We have Stray. We have Live Alive, Live Alive, Live Alive. We're going to figure that out as well. Live Alive. Is live how the alive. Nintendo Direct pronounces it. I went and looked before this episode. Live, live alive. There. All right. There. Okay. All right. I'm uh, I'm dedicated to the live alive pronunciation. Hey, man, if you want to go against Nintendo, that's cool. Nintendo I, I didn't just, make it. They're gonna copyright strike you. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> illegal derivative work. Yeah, I'm mispronouncing the name. I will. I was. I was trained on this when I did VO for my Xenoblade <laughs> review. They were like, "You need to promote another review. Live alive. That's how you pronounce it." I was like, "Okay." So that's all right. I, maybe it's maybe it's incorrect, but yeah. I'm and we all know about. that nobody in your line of work has ever gotten any. <laughs> especially pronunciations of names that's never right. god knows yeah. don't come to the hoglaw youtube channel for perfect dead-on pronunciations of virtually anything <laughs> <laughs> all right so we we were trying to solve it this week travis says it's live alive rick says that i want the you to nintendo direct it's yeah, nintendo said direct live, is alive. live alive so okay all right there we go. We'll be talking about that anyway. Uh, a little bit more Xenoblade 3, though uh, Travis can't spill the full beans just yet. But, hey, we'll be talking on that. Uh, we've also got a few other things. We've got some updates on what Ubisoft's doing. Um, we well, what think. they're not doing. Yeah, we think. Uh, along with a couple other things as well. So we'll get to those. But first, um, I want to <laughs> just comment real quick that we're actually closing in on 100 reviews on Spotify. For Big Cast. I noticed that the other day. So if you do enjoy this, you are an audio listener, you check us out on Spotify and you haven't given us a review yet, it takes like 30 seconds. We would super appreciate it if you do that. Really helps us out on the audio side. So thank you very much. And with that, let's jump over to what we are currently playing. So boys, I don't know what game we want to start with here. I can start with this Dust Falls. I don't know if any of you have played it yet. I have. I played chapter one. Um Okay. So we can talk about it as Dust Falls because I've, I've seen a lot of super positive things about what it is and, and how it plays and whatnot. I did not think those were apparent from chapter one. <laughs> um, and so at that conclusion of that, uh, you know, we have a lot of games. As you say, yep. I have to say it didn't, it didn't drive me back. I haven't been back to chapter two. What's driving me back more than the game itself is seeing my timeline say, oh, the game gets really good. You know, it's, it's better in chapter three. People really like chapter three. Um, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So it's like, I'll, I'll probably find my way back there. I, I thought it started out pretty inert okay. um, in, in chapter one. So, I mean, talk to us about your experience. Yeah, chapter one's a little flat. Um, so it, it, for those who aren't aware, it's six chapters divided up into two books. So there's three chapters in book one, three chapters in book two. And funny enough, when you beat book one, the end of chapter three, it gives you, it gives you full credits for the game. You're not done. First, I don't know why it does that, but then it goes to book two, and you have another three chapters. It's the Hideo Kojima, you gotta get. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna Pretty say. Much. Like, I know why they do it because <laughs> Oscar bait is the reason. Yeah. yeah, um, it does. I would say it does get a little better. As I responded to on Twitter, I did see that some reviewers and and others. I gave it an eight, by the way. Um, nice. I I see that high. some reviewers were higher, right? Some gave it seven, some gave it nines. I think IGN gave it a nine. Funny enough, some track. are crazy. Really? Like, like, and I don't mean this badly <laughs> because I haven't seen it all, but some are like one of the best narratives in gaming history, that kind of thing. And it's like, okay. No, 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 I wouldn't put it that high. I, I do enjoy it. It does get better from chapter one. Chapter one is a lot of setup of kind of characters. Um, so there are, it's there very are indie film. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's very, That's actually what the whole movie is. Festival. That's actually what the whole movie is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. it, it sets up characters. There are, there are some big decision points. There are some serious things that happen. And as I say in my review, the one one of the things I really liked about it is the decisions you can make do make a meaningful difference. I've played through it fully twice. The one main character, Jay, who is like the youngest brother of this family, local family, he's kind of there's two main characters, really, Jay and, and Vince, for the most part. Um, his story ended in two drastically different ways for me. I mean, like they couldn't be further apart from the way they ended, which is cool. That's cool. And when I when I finished the second time, that was only two of five possible endings for Jay specifically. 
and it has separate endings for a lot of the characters. So, um, yeah, I, I recommend it. I liked it. I gave it an eight. I thought it was a really good game. I'm not as high as others, to your point, Rick, of people saying, like, this narrative is incredible and amazing. Well, it, My it's, point it's, is limited by my experience. Just I'm not, I'm not coming out. If you love it, it's I've played Chapter 1. Um, yeah. I, it just tonally is... <laughs> indie film is the best way i can describe it yeah. it's very it's very chill and it's it, it wants to be breaking bad and it's not breaking bad so it's like uh, okay i'll be back sometime <laughs> but i've got to play live alive <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh it's decent i would definitely check it out um and i i enjoyed my time with it uh it was intriguing it did once i got kind of into it and the characters built up and you're making kind of more meaningful decisions i did it did push me to keep playing which is cool can so, I say something yeah. absolutely superficial that shouldn't matter at all to the actual game, but that bugs me because I'm an idiot? Of course. Great. Fantastic. Uh, the voice <laughs> actor for that main character is the Deus Ex voice actor. I can't I can't not see freaking J.D. Yeah, Denton or, or, or whatever the name of the newest Deus Ex guy is. I think J.D. Adam something. Yeah. He's, he's totally, it's so Deus Ex. Is it uh, v- v- the guy with the beard in the game, Vince? Yes. Yeah. Okay, it's Vince. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I didn't. Re- I didn't know that. Oh my good. Oh well. I, maybe I played more Deus Ex than you, Ains. Probably because it's like that voice is so like there's something wrong with your throat, kind of, and it's it's good. Like it's compelling as a voice. Yeah. yeah, it's a voice actor. Adam but Jensen. Like, that was the guy. Adam Jensen. It's Thank so, you. It's Here so it him. This is this is this is a problem of mine personally, right? Because I'm when I'm watching an episode of The Expanse and that guy shows up, I'm like, that's Deus Ex guy. I can't. What are we doing? <laughs> I don't mean to put you in a bucket, guy. You're great. Uh, but you are in that bucket. They should have gotten Troy Baker. Am I right? No. No. <laughs> I should have died. Instead, they turned me into a robot. No, I'm super cool, and I'm so pissed off about it. But you, yeah, it's that gravel, right? Like it's yeah. that. Yeah. So even when he's talking high, it still has that gravel. It's like the weirdest voice, and I understand why he's a successful voice actor because you want to have like something to hang your hat on. Uh, but right. yeah, yeah. It sounds like he's got rocks in his throat. Little something. Little something. Yeah, anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's that's Rick Hogue's neuroses corner. Thank you very much for attending. <laughs> All I right. So that you- show. I think it's called Hogue Law, actually. <laughs> As my daughter is taken to saying, sick burn. Sick burn. Sick burn. That is a 13-year-old thing to say for sure. That's beautiful. All right. Uh, all right. So, yeah, check out SS Falls, and you can find my review. It's fully spoiler-free if you want to get more insight into what that game's like. Now, let me grab these Super Chats real quick, because Gecko said he wanted to mention this first one right away here. Yeah, are you going to talk about uh, how Destiny could improve its new light experience, a.k.a. onboarding potential newbies like me? Yeah. You like, literally said it right after, or right before. Yeah. We actually, or, yeah, or right after. I think you might have said that, yeah, right after, uh, or I might have said that, time. yeah. Yeah, so thank you, Gecko Super Chat. Um, yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about that and, and you know, what exactly. Those are the types of things we're going to discuss on Destiny. And as I do every single time I talk about Destiny or write a review for it, I will destroy it for its terrible onboarding experience. So. <laughs> and he followed up with another two uh, Euro Super Chat. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks. Uh, live alive. Live, love, love. Yeah, it's live, alive, laugh, love, laugh. love, laugh, laugh. He's okay. he's trying to get us. I, I, you could you could start pronouncing laugh like cough. You, I, I suppose you could do some weird yeah. stuff if you want. Yeah, off love, laugh. The problem, Square Enix, when your names don't make any sense, no matter yeah. what pronunciation you use. <laughs> live alive, lava, love, laugh, a laugh, lava, <laughs> lava, love, lava, love. That's what Bowser uh, does. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. All right. So speaking of Love a Live or Live Alive, uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Because I have bought it. I haven't played it yet. Uh, but I'm very curious about it. It looks to be a fantastic kind of lost game from the era of Japanese RPG I adored. Rick, let let us hear about it. Some people are going to hate this damn thing. It is 90s quirk exactly as it was with a glow up Ouch. using like Octopath Traveler type stuff. I personally am in love. For those of you that know me, you know my wheelhouse is that Final <clears throat> Fantasy VI, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy IV era. This is Square Enix screwing around before they go and screw around even weirder on like the Saga series. So if none of this makes any sense to you, it's seven individual short stories set in different time periods. This is going to lead into Chrono Trigger uh, doing at least something similar, although a lot more approachable for America. But each specific segment has different characters and different like functionality. So the prehistory doesn't have dialogue um, and uh, the uh, invasion of a uh, Japanese fortress is just that. It's like just one run through a maze-like castle with traps and things like that, uh, where you can pull up a sheet to hide from people, and then it keeps track of how many people you kill for some reason that might be clearer as you go through the mission. And then the next thing is weird, and the next thing is weird, and the next thing is weird, and the next thing is weird. And then, I'm not, I mean, I've only played a couple campaigns, there appears to be maybe a connective tissue, maybe. We'll see. Uh, but suffice it to say, it doesn't have the quality of life adjustments that you might have expected or forgotten that happened over the last 30 years. So it's a little quirky with where movement is, with where the doors are. Uh, it's, it's quirky with how to advance your story. They, they've, they've tried to handle this with an objective marker, give or take, that kind of works. So you're, you're, you're taking on all that 90s um, junk. If you kind of remember that, if you don't, if you're not that seasoned and you're watching this, games were a lot less polished before. And to some extent, this feels nice because it's definitely not leading you by the hand. It's you're trying to you're kind of smashing your head against walls to try to advance. Uh, on the other hand, um, you say, wow, we've we've come up with some good stuff in the intervening 30 years. Good on you, game developers. Uh, that said. The music is incredible. The graphics are a lot of fun in the HD 2D, which is what they call what I call Octopath Traveler. Yep. Um, and uh, I'm super happy it exists. And I basically want to see them take all their 90s games and do HD 2D to them. Um, but it's um, it's an acquired taste and happens to be my taste. Something like a nine or a 10 to me. But that's also while keeping track of like, oh, somebody's going to hate that. Oh, <laughs> hate that as we go through. Which is the nicest I can say. My tilt is very strong towards 90s Square Enix. So it's probably a six or seven to somebody that's not home. Yeah, I assume back then this would have been a Square Soft game, right? Yep, it's pre-merger. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what Gecko was. This originally a Square and Enix game. I would have said it was Square Soft, like like all the classics that we love of that era. Um, it's interesting, man. I'm, I'm going to go uh, grab my copy today. And uh, yeah, I, I'm interested. I don't to think you'll it regret out. it so it's got these <clears throat> mini campaigns. I think I saw someone say, and they take place in different time periods, right? Mm -hmm. With different and then, characters. And different can goals. you play them in any order or do, is yeah. it structured? No, really? your, your opening screen, I believe is called like select a select or something <laughs> get used to it. Uh, they, they, uh, they have the seven people in a circle and they will tell you what, um, what you're doing uh, for that campaign. Uh, like, again, I don't want to spoil anything cause they get weird, but like the, the caveman campaign is, um, you, you're living in a tribe, 
Um, and you know, you're going to have to see, search out something and your special powers that you can smell things. Okay. Sure. It is, it is high level, full on 90 square weird. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm all in. Uh, Katie Cotton says in the chat, am I going to be kicked out of the chat if I hate all cinematics that try to advance the story? I don't know, Katie, if you're referring to this game or you're referring to just a general statement. Um, yeah. Let, okay, let, so let me know. I don't know. Ooh. Yeah, please do clarify because the the Live Alive cinematics remind me a little bit of like the Pac-Man interstitial screens. Oh, right. do, do you remember these? Yes, of course. When like the Pac-Man will get chased to the left by the ghosts and then he'll come back larger and chase him back to the right. The yep. game has a vibe of antics uh, that you might not be expecting. This is not somber, melancholy, overly dramatic Final Fantasy VI all yeah. things end here, Kevin. <laughs> no, this is uh, this is a caveman who uh, uh, gets meat for his potential girlfriend and then hovers in midair when she, she kisses him on the cheek uh, and then gains strength to try to fight a, against another tribe kind of thing. All adds <laughs> up. It all adds up. <laughs> she said all in right. general, though. That was in her general. response. Okay, so that, that, that's like an interesting uh, story. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I guess you could debate uh, on is. Do you I'm like, the wrong guy it, to debate this. I like Hideo it, Kojima games. Is yeah. it is it interesting? I, I mean, <laughs> I, you know where I stand. <laughs> yeah, I, I would argue. Why why would you ever make a cinematic if it didn't advance the story? Isn't that the purpose of a cinematic? Uh, well, it depends. Are you making Devil May Cry? Because I think the purpose there is to just see if you can get like cigarettes cool and people's mouths in midair. <laughs> That kind of thing. Action sequences, the, the uncharted, like the, the uncharted that, of the world. I feel like that's the stuff you're supposed to get done in the gameplay is the cool stuff, and then the cinematics are for story advancement. I could see that as well. Yeah, yeah, ah. stuff that can't be good at game that you wouldn't be a, wouldn't be a good experience for gameplay from a gameplay perspective. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I know you're not going to get kicked out of the chat. Welcome, of course. <laughs> we don't kick people out. No, we don't kick anyone out. Bad hominems. No, I Watch mean even it, even uh, Travis's uh, side company, Naked HD, shows up and they hang out sometimes right. too. That's right. Yeah. So and you're blown up, by the way. <laughs> no business model. It's amazing. I yeah. see him every morning, Travis. I assume that's you dropping in. You're welcome, man. I just got to get in there. He's he's Promote. there to help you. That's right. Um. All right. So, uh, Dan. <laughs> You, yep. you played Stray, finished it. You said it was yep. three to four hours long. I mean, yeah, maybe. maybe. I probably could have done it faster if I didn't, you know, grab some. You know, can I guess how you felt about it? God, I think I played it three that or four hours. Pretty already. easy one, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure last week I said I hate cats. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, can I, I ask know. your thought process from Why the person that says it? I hate cats? Putting that in the old system. <laughs> like like why I well it's it, it's on the the it was free I I pay for it oh right it you on, bought all those PlayStation Plus premiums you're like the big PlayStation Plus fan no I, yeah <laughs> yeah uh, well, I played Returnal uh, no. and Demon Souls uh, I lasted probably ten to fifteen minutes Returnal really is kind of interesting to me because I Returnal really wanna, awesome really really want to get deeper into it the I'll co op it with, you. with it the problem is I don't understand it. Like, I don't understand, like, not, the mechanics. No. The, like, everything, I'm just like, what? What do I get to keep? No, I don't guess I don't. Oh, I was wrong mechanics. about that. It was one of those things you where can help you with like, mechanics. Yeah, I can co-op yeah. it with you. I, I actually helped what Bert beat it in co-op because he couldn't beat it. Oh, I'll so, solo yeah. her. I, I can't yeah. do Jack <laughs> in Elden Ring. But I can I can beat bosses <laughs> with, my, with my first starting pistol in Returnal. I played it so much. 
There you Sound go. Like hey, but I mean, it, it was fun and you know it was enjoyable, and I was having yeah. a good time. And then you know, I, it got to the point where it just got kind of like I don't know what what's going on. It's not a, like from a story perspective. You know, I can't even imagine if that's going to be easier or not. But it's it was enjoyable from what I played. I'd like to get back to it. But the only reason I got the PS Plus because I already had it. Basically, that's the only reason I got sure. the upgrade. So Stray came with it. I was like, I'll try it out. It's a cat game. It's uh, I feel like it's a novelty. You know, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, hey, this is a cat game. Everybody's like, oh, hey, look, this is like game of the year material. It's really not. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's an okay story. You know, it's 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 all right. But it's not like it's there's like two mechanics. It's like press X to jump and press triangle and knock stuff over, you know, and, and that's basically it. You know, sometimes you scratch it's, rugs. And yeah, and scratch rugs. You know, that's <laughs> nice with the haptics. I, 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 I like I don't even know why they put that in there aside from maybe a trophy. Because cats uh, and, do it. And, and, and ASMR, maybe because like the, the haptics on the, you know, like if you're like really stressed out, you can just do this and like you, know, <laughs> you get the resistance every time you scratch on the thing. And that's kind of cool. But short of that, you know, it's like it's a cat game. I'm not sure how the cat actually understands anything that's, you know, going on or being said. But, you know, it's a game. So I guess I can suspend my disbelief. It was boring. Is basically what I'm saying. I, was, I get, you know, I get why people like this because it's like different and like, you know, you know, not the normal, you know, kind of nonconformist game indie thing Annapurna puts out all the damn time. And, you know, and it's not like, you know, it's bad. It's just, it's there, you know, straight. So I, I, I heard what it's going for is a uh, kind of future dystopian with a lot of environmental storytelling. Is that, is any of that true? I haven't I played mean, it, so I don't know. I guess. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know what environmental storytelling is. I mean, is, is it like, it's, it's just, it looks old. I, I or, you know, it, it's, it's so I could be more positive so on Stray if we need a competing voice on this. I'm not a cat guy, really, but Stray's it's okay. The cat thing. It's 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 the definition of like, you know, a game that exists <laughs> just because. So, okay, so Dan, have you, know. you have you played a game like let's say uh, like Edith Finch? Have yes. you played Edith Finch? Do you like yes. that one? I did enjoy that one. So like that's just walking forward and and experiencing things for the most part, right? right? right. I put yeah, Stray yeah. in that bucket. And, and I think Stray in the animation with the cats captures uh, a cat probably better than we have in games before. Uh, and, it, and it tells that it tells that kind of straightforward story of like an Edith Finch or I don't know, the one where the guy's missing and you're walking through train tracks for like four hours. Firewatch. <laughs> That's a different one. Where you're oh. Oh, oh, uh, you're not oh, far oh, off, though. Vanishing of Mrs. Carter. Is what I was thinking. Of. Thank you. Yeah, you're not far off with Firewatch. I mean, yeah. Firewatch. Except for you're the, the most, character that disappears in that one, which interesting. Firewatch, yeah. the most anticlimactic plotline in the history of video games. Enjoy. <laughs> uh, Still a good game, though. That's true. Uh, I don't know. See, it's a narrative game. Uh, see, we're going to go off on a tangent. Firewatch is a narrative game that has no narrative. So I have an issue with Firewatch. We could take it offline. Uh, <laughs> but Stray, to me, does what it says on the tin accomplishes the goals that it sets out for itself and does tell stories with environment and um, slightly with dialogue. Um, so I, I don't know, Dan, I, I feel like if you get your head in the right bucket for this game, it's a good example of what this is, which is a walking simulator with light environmental challenges. Can I ask a question? Yeah. yeah. What's a 10? 
<laughs> uh, it's a taxpayer identification number. I'll help you out with that offline. As well. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Naked HD hasn't filed theirs yet. <laughs> I mean, um, if, if you, there's the thing. If you don't have to, we're in a legal gray area. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Go ahead. Kind of just go for it, man. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, it's if you've got the PlayStation Extra or whatever it is that you have to have, mm -hmm. try it out. You know, yeah, it's on extra. Pre I, I don't, I don't think, premium. Yeah, I, I just, I just don't. You know, I guess I'm not as high on it as everybody else is. You know, they. Well, it, I, I've seen mixed. Know. I've seen mixed. In fact, Christopher Jetzer in the in the chat says Stray's boring. Um, it is. I mean, it's just it's just kind of boring. So I've it's, seen some people say it's a really good indie experience, and I've seen other people say they couldn't get into it. Like it, it's literally like a tone piece. So if you're going in looking for something more than being a cat with environmental puzzles, you will come out disappointed. Um, but like if that's if that if, if if that description, hey, really good cat animations uh, and <laughs> environmental puzzles in an interesting location that does tell story with environment sounds good to you. Straight. Damn. I got. I got to be honest you. that someone saying really good cat animations isn't selling me on a game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So. Yeah. Dan, I can help you understand what environmental storytelling is. Sure. Uh oh. You know when you go into one of your kids' rooms when they're not home, and you look around and you start to understand the chaos that is their life. <laughs> I try to that's avoid a, that. That's environmental mostly. storytelling. That's a Dan dangerous. Into the upper floors of his house in years. Yeah, that's no, a dangerous person. Very... <laughs> <in you. laughs> it's, it's, it's very sticky in those rooms, so <laughs> I just like to stay away from it generally. But I there you go. That's environmental thing. storytelling, though. You yeah, learn sure. through environmental storytelling to stay away from the stickiness of the rooms. Yeah, that's, I mean, I guess yeah. there's some in it. I mean, it's it's it's. I've never really focused on something like that. I get you know. I understand the post-apocalyptic stuff. I understand the robots. I understand what happened. I just didn't care because the game <laughs> didn't really make me care. It's just like, hey, go to here, go here, go find this guy, and I go find this guy, and I go find this guy, and I go, you know. And that was it was that that was basically it for me. And it was it wasn't like at all challenging. It wasn't at all, you know, it, which is good for me normally. Um, <laughs> like the 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 finding the items and, and and you know, there's not really like side missions per se. It's just you know more binding stuff and it's not hard to find everything pretty easy um you know just playing through it um there there, there is a trophy that uh you know you have to sleep for one hour game time so be prepared if you're trying to get that platinum you just press triangle and he curls up and just sits there for one hour and then you can go about your business so i've got something to do you know, go to the bathroom <laughs> cook dinner that's a good time. To Why would you stuff. sleep in the game? Does it give you like health or something? There's no, no, there's no, no health. There's a bunch no, there's of no, stuff. There's no point. Do during cat yeah. aims, you got to nap yeah. sometimes. That's yeah. why they call it a cat nap. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There's a lot of stuff you do for no reason. So they that serves enough. no purpose except cat for simulator. Yeah. They should have just I, called it a simulator game. Cat simulator. I, but it's not a simulator either. Again, <laughs> the right bucket here is <laughs> Ethan Carter, Edith Finch, go to Rapture, whatever else you want. It's like it's not designed to be challenging. It's not designed to do anything but say you're a cat and, and tell a story. So, again, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I don't think that. that's I, – I, I can't judge against what it, it did what it was trying to be. So, so I, I don't it, – it doesn't have to work for you, Dan. In fact, sure. it might not work for me so much. But it's like that's, that's, that's what it was trying to accomplish. It does it. So I, I don't blame anybody for giving it an eight or a nine. You know what? You, well, I, that's – 
perfect because funny enough, in the conversation Travis and I had, we talked about that aspect of reviews. Did the game accomplish what the developers set out to achieve? Remember, we talked about that yes, exact focus. And we had a, we I actually had a decent with. conversation yeah. on that aspect. Yeah. 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 So the problem I mean, I was saying it accomplished what it set out to. Yeah, the problem was saying it did it set out did it accomplish what I set out to accomplish is that you know by that by that uh, logic any game is a ten out of ten even if it's busted as long as you know you have confirmation that that was the intent of the developers yada yada it sort of becomes that's a, too reductive right because you can <laughs> set out to achieve a good narrative and you can instead give us Firewatch and- yeah that's <laughs> not what a, a, a review that's a true. reviews a reviews job is not to say did the did the developer accomplish what they wanted it's to say did the developer accomplish what i wanted no see travis i think you're wrong there because i think some of the reviewers literally what a review is no hang on (laughs) it literally is yeah guys because reviewers bring to their own parties bad ones ones i don't like oh it should have had action gameplay it should have been devil may cry it should have been darker in tone instead of lighter they do these things where they bring in the game that they want in order to review what the game is now, I'm not saying you can't go and say something like Stray wants to be this walking simulator or whatever, and it does it poorly because X, Y, or Z. I am saying that you can't just say it should have been a turn-based role-playing game with time travel and say, since it wasn't, Stray is a two. You could say that. I get to uh, use I, this I for the first time, by the way. Please continue. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Where did this come from? Can it, can it go above, too? Uh, I haven't made one for above because Dan and I don't argue a lot or well, debate sorry, a lot. Just, but this is just for us. Okay. This is for yeah. you guys. Be on Enjoy all it. the axes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah I'll, I, I'll, I, I'll I, make uh, extra ones. Don't worry. But this one works today. Yeah, Please we, carry we on. All the, the diagonal ones. <laughs> the um, yeah, uh, I, I, I think uh, I think there's some there's a problem to your logic, though, Hogue, which is that a, a developer could want to make something and they can even successfully make it. But if the player observes a boring or uninteresting or monotonous or what have you game, even though they've met all those requirements, they could still give it a bad score and they would be totally within the right to do so. In fact, it but is then the impossible. Developer didn't succeed unless you're going to accuse the developer of aiming for boring, which then we're getting into an art house kind of question, which is like, oh, yes, we wanted to show the mendacity and mundanity of life. Some people who don't like walking simulators would say that the developers were aiming for boring. But the problem is that you should never take a developer's intent into account with the review because, A, you can never know it for sure. And, B, it does not change the content of the game. It does not change whether or not you enjoyed it or whether it was good or not. And so it changes what they were trying to achieve. I'm not saying you have to read their mind. You have you to talk about that, what though. kind of game yeah. they made. Yeah, right. So Stray doesn't what... have difficult environmental puzzles because they want to keep the pacing right and they want to do the story. You can evaluate these things uh, on the whole without saying it would have been better if there were difficult environmental puzzles because then you're just substituting your judgment for theirs. And what we want is a review of what they actually put on the plate in front of you, not I wish this was a chicken sandwich. Sure. But you can say without saying I wish it was a chicken sandwich, they invented a thing. They did the thing that they wanted to do well, and I hate it. Yeah, of course you can, but that yeah, review so is going to get a higher score than just, hey, they failed in all efforts of what it is they were trying to achieve. It should. If you just I... don't like turn-based role-playing games and they, for whatever reason, put you in a review of a turn-based role-playing game, you should not knock the shit out of it because you personally don't like turn-based role-playing games. You should try to come to where the people that otherwise like turn-based role-playing games live and ah. see if that developer did it well. So now I think we're we're... 
I agree with both your points in a way. I think I'm in the middle here, but now you're now you're transitioning to another topic we had, which is should the person reviewing the game have some experience, knowledge, passion for the genre or type of game it is? Well, it yeah, can only I, be ever subjective, right? I'm not arguing sure. that. I'm, I'm not arguing sure. that we have to go and say this is objectively the platonic ideal of a JRPG or an action game or a sports game or what have you. But within that subjectivity, you have to allow the developers to tell you what they were making and not say, I wish this were an action game, right? Uh, like that no, has to be a part of it. You do not have to. Well, then you're not serving happens. a useful purpose. I, <laughs> I don't mean, I, you, you don't have to do anything I tell you to do, Travis. No, look, in fact, it, it is it is a completely pointless exercise to even try to imagine what to say that you think you know what they were going for or whatever, and just simply tell them whether or not you liked it or not. That is the sole purpose of review. Everything else, if you even put that in your review, would be a complete waste of your time and not what you were supposed to be writing about. And so Travis, if, you don't even if, believe what you just said, because the sole purpose of review is not to say whether you liked it or not. It's to analyze why you didn't or didn't like it, which comes to whether or not they were successful in their design of the game. You're a good reviewer. So I know you're just being like pedantic with me right now, but that analysis <laughs> is the point of reading the thing. I don't care whether you like it or don't like it, Travis. I care why, because you're a good writer and I care about how you arrived at your decision. And I, yeah, I mean, obviously that, that is included in the review is the analysis of why you didn't like it. You have to have an explanation, but when it comes down to it, it's just about whether you liked it or not, right? And so if it's in a personal opinion and you don't like turn-based combat, then you you should probably put that in your review. And if other people don't like turn-based combat and they see it from that perspective, that is useful to people who don't like turn-based combat in the same way that a review from people who like walking simulators would, would probably want to see a review from somebody who likes walking simulators. If I'm selecting the person to review, I'm probably gonna choose the person who tends to like that thing and knows a lot better what qualities make that good but you can still review a game and not like the core idea of it and then tell me you know where does it stand were you swayed by it did it change your mind about the genre there's a lot of ways that that could be useful to an audience it's just what do you what do you want to do if you're a uh, if you're a publisher or an outlet who do you want to pick for this review and what do you think would serve the most people and i agree with you that typically you would want to choose somebody who knows a lot and typically likes it you don't have to. It's not the purpose of the review. You should not be monkeying around with what the what their intent was or anything like that because it doesn't change whether or not you liked the game. It, and it it just it's a it's a separate discussion. Write an editorial about it, but it's not a review. Right, I but I still see reviews that do that, including from your outlet that go and substitute their judgment for their own for for the for the developers. Well, yeah, I, I I would need to see some examples of that, but I don't think that that is a particularly good practice. I don't know why you would say, hey, my opinion is this, but my other opinions are this. So what does it matter? I mean, that's that's just completely pointless. Well, you do, you see those paragraphs that this would be better if. Um, yeah, it's yeah a different, you should it's a do that. Game. I mean, that's totally fine. Do that. Yeah. If you if you have an opinion on something that you think would have made it better, you can offer suggestions. I tend to not like, for example, if you're playing a game and it doesn't have like save files, sure. you have to go to static save files. You can say it would be great if they just let you save at any point in the game. That is an analysis and you offering a suggestion of something that other games do that might have made you enjoy the game better. That's a small example, but then you could extrapolate from that, that if there's lots of things and lots of games that you benefit from, that you go, why did this game do that? Because games do not exist in a vacuum. 
and you're always reviewing games against the current climate and the current technology. And one game that you're saying the graphics are bad today, if you reviewed it 20 years ago, you would say, oh, the graphics are great. And so it, it it's impossible to review a game just based on, you know, see no evil, hear no evil. I've never played a game before. And if this was my first game, I'm just reviewing it purely. That's not possible. People enter uh, before they even play a game with opinions and with biases and all that stuff. And so why even try separating that from your opinion? If the one thing you're being asked in the review is what is your opinion of this game? But this will be my last bit. So you can, you can have final word if you want after this, this reminds me <laughs> of the inventory discussion, right? So like you talk about save files, I can easily imagine a game that is withholding save files in order to create tension, right? Resident Evil whatever, having these kinds of things. So if you say and you substitute, man, this game would be better if I could save everywhere, I could say, no, it, is. No, it wouldn't because that's part of the design and that's what they were seeking to achieve was tension yeah. when you didn't want tension. Inventory, you want inventory management. You want reasons to have either reality or just reasons to go back to town. We've had this conversation before. The point is there is too much substitution of judgment and I'm not accusing Dan of this. Dan isn't trying to put forth a specific review of Stray. But no. if he were to go in and say it's a cat game and you walk around and two out of 10, that's fine for Dan. I don't think that's yeah. a terribly useful review. No, it would be for people like Dan. I think. Uh, yeah, I know. I know, yeah. Travis, because we've talked extensively about this. I know Travis yeah. falls very hard line on this, which is the review at the end of the day above everything else, period, is that would be Dan's opinion. And you take it as you will, period. Right. right, but the problem is when you talk yeah, about I, I, th I think right, you're when that's right. IGN's though. review, when that's Seasons Gaming's review, I okay, what do we do about that? Right, I agree. It, it, I think so the that, outlet that, has that, some that isn't then an outlet question of like what type of people do they want on reviews? Is their philosophy to choose somebody they know is going to be hard on it or to choose somebody who they know is going to like it? And what reader are they serving? And so when Ains and I had that really long discussion about reviews, his reviews are serving check a very different channel. person, yeah, which you can you can check out. It's not live for everyone um, yet, but will be soon. Yeah, his his uh, <laughs> there you go. Too Subscribe early. to his Patreon. Yeah, um, his opinion on it was that uh, you know his reviewers are trying to accomplish a very specific thing that IGN typically is not trying to accomplish, yeah. and so they choose different people for reviews. Um, and I think that if you were trying to do like an average gamer who you know just plays a couple games a year and and doesn't like a lot of you know, art house stuff and you wanted Dan on your review, I'd be like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense if that's what you're trying to do, just an every gamer uh, reviewing it. But that's not what I would do if I was running an outlet. And so it just depends. Um, but to your point about the inventory thing and the save points, totally agree with those points. And if you personally think that some mechanics that you typically don't like can be in a game if they're implemented correctly, which I fall into that camp as well. I don't like inventory, but some games use it to create dramatic effect, yada, yada. It, it can be good. Um, save points I'm a little murkier on just because I think that it actively becomes annoying for most games. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with you on that point. I just think that um, when it comes to games, you should try to remove, when it comes to reviews, you should try to remove as many elements that aren't your personal opinion, enjoyment, and analysis of the game. And one of those is, why does the developer intent change the quality of the game? And I would just say it doesn't. doesn't change the quality. doesn't change your enjoyment of it, certainly. I think in mindset, it changes what you're looking for, right? I, I'm not expecting Devil May Cry action from Xenoblade 3. I'm not expecting... Uh, Final Fantasy Jeff 16. <laughs> that, is, that is a fair point. If you're the type of... Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to do point. it, Rick. I'm sorry. I apologize. I had to do it. 
Finish yeah, and I, I, the Hogue, I would put that in the camp of like biases that a player has when they enter. That is 100% fair. If you go into a Final <laughs> Fantasy expecting something and they give you something completely different, yeah, you have a you have a right to cry about it and to give it a lower score. 100%. I didn't mean to kill Hogue. I just <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't make the decision. While, you, know, you ever have something? You've got a bad piece of news. You got to do your taxes or something else that you let yourself forget because it's a better <laughs> life that way. And then somebody just reminds you occasionally yeah. that your favorite series in video gaming has decided to be a Devil May Cry game. So yeah, you should have. Uh, and I'm with you, you by the way. I don't like the direction either. Ains, you should have kept the versus logo up because that was the fatality move right there. Ains, <laughs> just yeah, but you, you would have had to rotate it, Travis. It wasn't your fatality. Yeah, it was a tag was team. A... I tagged him out, and then he just he did the fatality. Oh no, man. no, it was well timed, and it was to the point. I will accept the fatality uh, as it stands. But my God, I I do I forget, I forget, I forget, and I was like, oh right, shit. I'm like that's literally my experience. We'll we'll call it a I friendship. It, it ended it, but it wasn't. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. It's gonna be fine. Harsh. It's not gonna be a Final Fantasy. <laughs> uh, we've got some super chats to get to. I know uh, a, a couple of these. Uh, a lot of comments, by the way, while you guys were talking too about reviews. So you can check those out while we're going through these super chats if you want. But let's get to these first. Yeah, Tao with the five dollars super chat. <clears throat> right? Okay. Yeah. Why yes. of all things speak of destiny 2 yeah <laughs> diablo 3 division 1 or 2 or even our savior anthem why Praise the narcotic me. we all kick that is destiny uh shake my head oh well yeah i know trust me i'd rather be talking about anthem i'd rather be talking about division but here we are destiny is the only one that is surviving we can talk about anthem i saw a story that they're selling it for a penny at gamestop penny. Yes. I saw that too. yeah uh, i think i tweeted about that and said i actually could buy twenty thousand copies with the in-game currency i still have in <laughs> anthem so if only it had monetary value yeah right oh, no. i know it's worth less than anthem and it's you can sell value. your account now for a tenth of a cent maybe yes maybe that's good that's good to get on it <laughs> right. gamer gamer. again uh with the five euros there is a, a reason why the death of the author exists hogan travis the judgment of a piece of art is in the eye of the beholder. This is where I think it gets weird, Gecko, because I'm a big death of the author guy. Like, I am entirely in favor of that. But I, I think before you get to discussing what the author is doing, and I think this is where Travis and I slide around a little bit, is what what is this? If we're talking about a book, is this a science fiction fantasy? Is this a Harlequin romance? Is this a thriller or a drama? What overall is the thing trying to be? Not trying to guess what the author wanted in every sentence or every paragraph or every chapter. But like, am I reviewing a thriller and using it and saying there's not enough uh, romantic sex scenes in it? Am I looking at a Disney movie and saying there's not enough romantic sex scenes in it? I mean, what am I bringing to the party there? Oh, you raised the overall question. level. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I would just say, yeah, I, I agree with that. But at the same point, you can you can write a review from the perspective of I'm somebody who doesn't like science fiction and I'm reviewing a science fiction book. Can you put that in that, your review at the top? Sure, absolutely. I mean, you should okay. you should always state like that why in the analysis of why you didn't like something also comes an internal delve of like the, your personal preferences. So that usually comes out in a review regardless. But then that review becomes useful to people who also don't like sci-fi. Maybe you found one you really like and you go, hey, look, I'm not a sci-fi person, but you should read this book because it's science fiction. Kind of like and not free. Yeah. And similar, exactly. Another fatality. Um, and similarly, 
Um, if you're somebody who likes uh, your your heavy romantic sex scenes and you're reviewing Disney movies, that is useful to other perverts uh, who, <laughs> who uh, like to watch cartoons. And so naked HD. <laughs> naked That's HD. Right. Oh, yeah. If you go get ahead. them to pop <laughs> in the chat right there, well, that would be magic. <laughs> I'm getting the impression that Ains is slowly working his way into the role of top left corner bomb thrower. I'm like that. Oh, I'm going way back now. What was that game on Atari where uh, the guy just drops bombs from the top constantly and you're trying to save them? You guys, any of you that with old the, with the trampoline, but I don't remember the name with like, the, with uh, like the well, no, those are people falling, right? Uh, no, the there, there is an Atari 2600 game where there's a guy at the top, oh. he's just dropping bombs and you're catching them in like planters or something. Oh, weird. Yeah, I went to the one where you're catching water. Water? What is that one? We have caught a lot of different things in the game. game. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, that that is granted. I remember Katie Cotton in the house and Walt. Kaboom. That was it. Kaboom. Kaboom. Thank you, guys. Kaboom. See, we got seasoned people in the chat. You love to see it. All right. Eric is uh, bringing back a super chat back to our game roast. So, I hope one of you is prepared for this one. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, with the $10 Super Chat, I need more reasons why my favorite games suck. <laughs> Final Fantasy Tactics, easy example. If I wanted uh, to read Old English, I'd go back to college. <laughs> you know. oh, man. Yeah, you basically took everything that was great about Final Fantasy and turned it into a turn-based board game, which, uh, yeah. yeah. That finishes with you defeating Jesus Christ in battle. So, I mean, it's really up to you as to whether or not that's a good or bad thing for Final <laughs> Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> Spoilers? Yeah, probably. But I think for for 30 years now, I think the NDA is up on that one or the uh, embargo. I mean, Uh, let's see. I couldn't pull off that purple, so no one should be able to. I I could do more of these. Yeah, you're going in. Ramza is in bright purple. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Uh, It should just uh, be a a segment. Delivia was right. Oh, God. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm out of my memory. I, it's been so yeah. long since I played that game. Yeah, I can do like 20 more of these. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Ray about was more enjoyable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can criticize people's internal political structure. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Boom. Uh, it's just too damn long. There you go. Next. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> uh, thank you, Eric. Appreciate you. Gecko gave her back again. Again, man. Simultaneously, you can't demand a piece uh, of art, I'm assuming, to be something it yeah. isn't. Yes, you you're agreeing with both of us simultaneously in your two chats. I like that, Gecko. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a sliding scale, right? Like, you know, we talk about, yeah, okay, yeah the developer hit this thing, but, like, this guy did it better. Like, I think yeah. Edith Finch was better or, you know, more well done than... Edith Finch has been mastered. Yeah, yeah, you know, so, so I mean, there's there's a... They could both do it, but you know, yeah. maybe this sure. guy. I mean, I, I would, I would argue with the wording. You can't demand a piece to be something it isn't, but you certainly can judge sure. it for being something that it isn't. Well, then I'll argue with your problems with the wording from my yeah. problems with your wording, which is you absolutely can demand it. 
Whether or not that's you can. Warranted. You, you whether sure or not can. that's warranted is, is, is a different question. Yeah, yeah. I would say that that's probably not your oh, best lawyer. use of your time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Breath of the Wild was said to be a good open world game when Witcher 3 did it two years earlier better. You know what I mean? Something you know, I just like, say I really like Ains' role is just saying the just, most. Yeah, what is up with you stuff? today? Are becoming you, my role is to host yeah. and just drop bombs. I'm, I'm in for it. Are you in a fight with someone right now and you're taking <laughs> oh, it out on no, us? I'm what's just, going on today? I don't know what's going on today, but I'm in. Uh, all right <laughs> game positive uh with the 699 canadian best part is uh reviews are so nuanced that the correct answer lies somewhere between both sides mm -hmm. so this battle can go on forever love you all see Thanks, game man. positive uh travis and i are entrepreneurs right so when we debate each other we try to put and posit our arguments in black and white but obviously there can be no answer so we can run this for a good solid right. four thousand five thousand weeks <laughs> um, so you know absolutely Joke. i'm just jokes on you the uh the the answer is always subjective which means we can both be right and wrong forever and then force you guys to all continue super chatting us super chat it's a super pack scheme yeah. the yeah. sec is gonna calm down and be like you and travis were engaged in some kind of thing that the regulations should cover <laughs> there you go appreciate you guys uh gave me forte in the house good to see you man yeah, man. Uh, actually, I'm looking okay. at six copies of Anthem along with three copies of Destiny 2 that are one penny. I've uh, been handing them out to people that buy systems. That's yeah, all. That's nice. So, Gaming Forte, if you're not aware, our, our brother over there does a bunch of shows, big part of the community. He's also a manager to GameStop, so he's giving us yeah. insight that they're all a penny. And I was going to uh, say, the reason Forte yeah. and I did a special episode with Lord Cognito, the Iron Lords, uh, for uh, Last Stand Media, where we talked about Netflix and Xbox. If you're interested in that, it was I very, very that, cool. Yes. Forte That's is a cool. smart dude. He is. He's a good nice. dude. Thank you, Forte. Yeah, the, by the way, the reason those games are a penny is because Destiny 2 is free, and the main campaign <laughs> that the base game uh, launched with is no longer available. So the disc is actually a useless relic of a game you can no longer play. Uh, so uh, it actually shouldn't even be one penny. They're ripping you off at a penny. I think it that's is, why he's been handing them out. Is, to people. Yeah, like, exactly. It is it is a zero cent disc. Like you put that in your Xbox, and your Xbox will be like, I mean, I didn't need that, but okay. I don't know. I you think you can open I, Destiny too. You get that. You put that in your computer. You got to get your copies of that Paul McCartney joint uh, from the credits of Destiny. That's probably True. what people are doing, Travis. They're they, probably they, just paying for the case. Oh, so, I think what we've determined after this conversation is that Anthem at a penny is technically now worth more than Destiny. <laughs> Can you still play Anthem? Yeah. Anthem is still live right now. There you go. Yeah, so you would be gaining access to more content than you would through Destiny. That is true. Correct. Yeah. Anthem's better than Destiny. We finally had Travis. Wouldn't expect the servers to be on like much longer on Anthem. I would not okay. expect EA to support Anthem very much yeah. in the future. Yeah. I'm just they glad didn't we support got it when it came out. <laughs> I, I mean, like, turn the lights off, pull the plug, no. destroy the servers, yeah. lack of support. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you can still play Anthem. I will tell you, though, you remember it being beautiful and everything, and it still is, but you've gotten so used to these new 60 and 120 FPS or higher games on PC, right? Uh, it's still like 30, and it's it's rough flying around that world nowadays. You can play it on 60 on your Xbox. You can. Anthem? Sure. Yeah, they gave it a they gave it a the Xbox juice up. They did. Oh, then I played it before that, because it certainly wasn't yeah, 60 when I played too. it. Yeah, so. that... Uh... It's a, it was a good game. I, they they should have stuck with it. That's yeah, they should. We've talked about that endlessly. So, all right. Um, let me touch on Hot Wheels real quick. Forza Horizon Five. 
Um, We're still on what you've been playing. Oh, my God. We got all all over the place here. Yep. Um, That's okay. So, Hot Wheels, if you haven't played it and you like Forza Horizon 5, uh, it's excellent so far. I would say that it is um, it's bigger than I was expecting. It has its own campaign. So, you get a whole new menu. You get a whole new campaign structure with new missions and unlocking things and um it's uh the world itself is really big you know it's treated like a whole off-world shoot and i really really enjoy it so far i like it better than what they did with lego in uh boards of horizon four so far um, but that sounds the same as three is it similar to three pretty similar yeah it's pretty like you go to a completely different area yep is that right yeah. okay. but it, it's it's bigger than three by a, a decent amount okay. um and it's got different. It's got three different biomes that are all connected by this track. There's, you know, off road. There's the. I own it. I just haven't downloaded it. Yet. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. The only thing that kind of confused me at first is when you first get in there, they give you one of the Hot Wheels cars, and then you yeah. can use your C level or B. It's B level. You can use up to B level, but because it's got a new campaign, you actually have to go through the missions and everything to use the higher end cars again, kind of like the oh, main. Cool. So that's um, cool. It's I after yeah. I've been playing the other Hot Wheels car game, the, the racing game from last year that I love. Unleashed? Uh, I love way too much for what it is as a I've little car game. Really oh, yeah. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun. It just hits that arcade kind of boost out of corners that I like when you're just trying to goof around. Um, but they added, like, a Looney Tunes campaign the other day. So, nice. nice. Yeah. Hot Wheels cars. I love, yeah. I love your exposure to certain games that I know are because you have children. I'm like, these are, <laughs> he, he has to play these games. Like, it's like me getting assigned a game for review. It's like, I will tell I you, the, want it, I, have to I will tell it. you the games that we've played because I have kids. Actually, we should mention one because it is actually really good. So I played uh, Hot Wheels. I've played Stray and I've played this last one, Escape Academy, uh, which is oh. very, very good. Escape Academy yes. is very, very good. I was going to talk about that. It's a okay. Sorry, Travis. You go. No, no, no. Go, go. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it is, it's, again, does what it says on the tin. Uh, it's uh, virtual escape rooms. Uh, so if you've ever done an escape room, uh, and escape rooms, of course, were birthed in video games. So kind of looping back around the horn. Um, so uh, Escape Academy has a very light story where you go to the Hogwarts for escapists. Um, and you go through a series of escape rooms that have some nice, delightful puzzles that aren't too tough. Um, and that also allows for simultaneous co- couch co-op. Uh, so you can get that feel of going into a real escape room and running around and splitting up and yelling across the room as to what it is that you just saw and found and, and what the clues are. So um, yeah. it's a uh, it's a budget price title. It also has a season pass, and I believe it's on Game Pass. I think um, it, is it is on Game Pass. Pass. At it. Yeah, but it's it's yep. really quite good. If I I like escape rooms like in in person. I've done a bunch of them with work and friends and stuff. Of course you have. If I'm, of course you have. Oh my god. Okay, well, Travis, with that? I'm just I'm unclear as to what bias or or what, what yeah. should I be taking from of course you have. Yeah. I'm sure th- I'm sure they're fun. I've just never met anybody who's done escape rooms and not told everyone that they know about it all the time, you know. It's just uh, I don't think I've ever mentioned them before now. I don't think but... I, I do escape rooms with you my did family. now. Have I mentioned? Yeah. <laughs> it's the topic. Both just mentioned it. <laughs> but the topic is escape rooms. <laughs> 
<laughs> this isn't him telling us about his fantasy football team randomly uh, in the middle sorry. of the devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds like you hear about escape rooms so often. I'm just like, I think there might be dude. too many escape rooms in San Francisco. I think Travis has a that unique might be localized like, there's issue. There's so many. Everybody's talking about. Oh my god. Okay, but there's a crap ton in San Francisco. Like, like there are. I'm pretty sure this is where the physical escape room started. But like, you know, I'll just be, I'll be walking around. There's some lady eating a scooped bagel, and she's like, Oh my god, I'm doing an escape room tomorrow with some guys from work and i'm like i want to kill everyone that i've ever okay met. so you hate your fellow city residents which <laughs> your brand. i get that uh, out here we uh, we do it like once a year yeah i think there's drastically different experiences we're relating to here but <laughs> back to my my question was gonna be my kids are not young and playing games with me anymore. If I just sat down by myself and wanted to enjoy this, is that possible? Yeah, definitely. It works perfectly fine. It, it, it's it's a solo game that allows okay. a second person to be there. Uh, no, I and I find the puzzles to be um, like slightly too easy, but not like stray easy. For that's for Dan. <laughs> I know he's not with us right this second, but it's <laughs> it's they're they're slightly easier than they maybe had to be, strictly speaking. Uh, but they you'll you'll say, hey, that's clever. A bunch and okay. it has same it has couch co-op yep yeah yeah we play same screen okay uh, but uh it's it's good I, it's clearly the results of a smaller development team they had a wonderful article in the washington post about how they um were real escape room makers and the, the covid hit and so they they decided to make digital escape rooms uh and i think yeah. they did a great job they located yeah. in san francisco uh i think they were in chicago <laughs> they they relocated well so chicago is a coastal city that just happens to be on the coast of lake michigan instead of one of the oceans so like the escape rooms if you look at them it's like san francisco chicago boston yeah. like the, like the nexuses of these things and then like yeah you know i got i got like the one in ann arbor and like the one in in novi but either way they're fun they're a lot of fun and they're great for families yeah we'll talk more about this travis now that you've brought it up, we'll make sure it's a, a point every week. So. If I ever fly out, maybe that's my vendetta against escape rooms is uh, they're fun for families. Well, they're the fun for toast of entertainment. Is Generally speaking, you want some hands yeah. in an escape room. Like you want some bodies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because I guess, I guess a lack of friends is sort of a problem. I will fly out. Next time I fly out to San Francisco, Travis, we will go to an escape room. All right impressive if you can get me to an escape room i've never been to one so we'll see you would like it so much that's what everybody like your says personality? that's the annoying part it's like yeah. Yeah, it's, i agree personality with you. would like it so much this attitude you have towards them seems completely counter to <laughs> i'm i'm green eggs and hamming it right now this no is, it's, like, it's that know. kid in elementary school who knows he would like something but everybody talked about it too much and he's just yeah. contrarian yeah, <laughs> I just—it's like I'm not in the club right now, and so it's annoying to hear about it all the time. That's the problem. Echo, uh, by the way, pulled out your quote, Rick. You want some bodies? <laughs> you want some bodies? There it is. You do, but I mean, you—you you can balance them differently. But in general, there's so many puzzles in an escape room. You—you you want a few hands and a few sets of eyes. Yeah, and some of them can get pretty challenging. Um, so yeah. Anyway. All right, we'll move on from escape rooms. Any other question that uh let me escape this conversation. I just wanted to there you go. I just wanted to mention that Escape Academy is good. It's on Game Pass, and even if you don't have Game Pass, it's budget priced. I recommend it. There you it go. It is. It's good. Right. I would like to agree with everything Hoag said in his description and recommendation. It's it's don't miss it. It's cool. Cool. Very cool. Um, 
I have a quick question for you guys, an on-the-spot question, if you will. I thought of this morning, which was we are nearly at August, and we've talked about kind of our favorite games of the year, things of that nature so far, what's coming. What's the game that you've played recently? It doesn't have to be 2022, but most recently that you were super excited for that completely let you down. Hmm, interesting. Oof. And I'll start because of all you guys think. So for me, and this is, this, I'm going to say ahead of time to preface this, this is a symptom of me not having gone back to it yet, uh, but Horizon Forbidden West for me. Um, and I know Ooh. we've talked about that because I think Elden Ring slapped it around a bit for me personally. Um, but to say I was excited for Forbidden West would be an understatement, right? Like I, I am a huge Zero Dawn fan. I don't even, I'm not a trophy hunter yet. I have the platinum for it. Uh, I have posters and, and art books and Aloy figures and collectibles. I mean, I love Horizon Zero Dawn. And so I was super pumped. I even bought colored plates for my PlayStation for some reason, just because I wanted to. Uh, when Forbidden West was coming out, I got the Regala edition. I sat down, pumped, and I put maybe 10 hours into it. And I just haven't been able to get into it. And it's driving me crazy because I keep seeing how many people enjoy it. And it's not striking with me for some reason. So I'm going to keep trying. Hmm. What was the time limit on this? This year. Oh, this no, no, year. no. It doesn't have to be to any time recently. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, well, I mean the one that... Mean. The one that's neon signs in my head is Kingdom Hearts three. Um, oh. That's that's like a year that's or two painful. ago. Like like I was really excited about that one, looking forward to it, and I have so many issues with what they did with that game. Mm. Um, so like that's the one that I don't know if that's the most recent that also let me down, but that's the one that is like the neon sign that like that one really let me down for going from like really excited to oh my god I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> All right, we got another thing for bomb dropping. Kingdom Hearts three. Right, I'll keep that in my back pocket. I sometimes I feel like I'm just exposing weaknesses to you, yeah, um, which right. is fine. Here's the uh, thing: everyone, everyone has that weakness in Kingdom Hearts three. That game was. Even if you're just a casual fan of that series, like me, like I played them all, but I'm not like a crazy junkie. It's like it's just so bad. I, so I agree bad. with you, Travis. But like, if I said the same thing in my community, I will tell you how many people will be like seriously oh you are crazy yeah i feel like that game got slammed when it came out i i, I think it got like eight when it came out but Whoa. i think we can look at the metacritic <laughs> i don't know crazy i think yeah, it I, did i you know it's wow. shiny i i don't this isn't you travis but i do think reviewers can get shinied out in terms of the oh, first 100%. days of review <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely it's a recency bias and and yeah there's a bunch of problems with that and and good reviewers are aware of it and try to account for it but yeah it's uh shiny is shiny so kingdom hearts 3 on open critic is an 84 yeah so it's too high game informer gave it a nine and a half yeah ign almost gave it a nine well we gave it an eight 8.7 it was i guess your old scale yeah, I hate that. Uh, yeah. So it would have been an eight under the new scale. If it's anything below, if it's an 8.9, it's still an eight. So Is that right? Yeah. It's just truncated? Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's how it should be. Uh, another topic Ains and I talked about. I'm I'm a super uh, big advocate for reducing the number of uh, points that you can award. Okay. But, I even think right. that uh, Ains' like 20 movies. point I like system is weakness. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. Anyway, Travis. Uh, yeah, so that's the one that jumps out at me. Uh, I'm, I'm, for some reason I'm having a hard time thinking of a, oh, you know what? I guess cyberpunk. There we go. That's a pretty sure. easy one. Yeah. That's cyberpunk true. 2077. I mean, I know that's not the most original answer, but no, damn, it's, dude, but it's true. Ultimate hype true. for that. And for some reason, I, even though I own a very good PC, I decided to 
get it on the Xbox Series X, and at the time it was barely running on that console, um, and uh, it just was buggy, and the story wasn't just wasn't clicking with me. Maybe it was all the other problems around it that made the story not really hit at the time. But uh, you know, all my all my uh, like my friends and people I know in the industry were reviewing it on PC, and all gave it really high scores. Like you, Ains, and like uh, Tom Marks at, at IGN gave it a nine, and I was just like stoked. And then when it came out, and I guess I just chose the wrong platform at the time, and really was just underwhelmed. So there's that one. But yeah, I've got a bunch. I mean, I. You guys know I, I I am pretty harsh on certain games. Like Uncharted Four will always be like a, hmm. a stab in my heart. I talk yeah. about that one a lot. Okay. So. <laughs> so hard. Yeah, I mean Cyberpunk is up there too. Like of, almost of all time, is going to be Anthem for me because that one was. I mean, it's all. I know we couldn't back to it. It's kind of a meme at this point, but it, it, it's it's mm-hmm. it's true. I mean, I was so super hyped for that game, and yeah, it just completely let you down. Uh, you know. Then the Division 2, I think, came out shortly afterwards, and it was just like, you know, I mean, this is kind of how you do the looter shooter kind of thing. Um, like, more recently, I mean, I kind of agree with you, Ian. This sounds stupid, but Horizon, you know, as much as I enjoyed it and I loved it, there was still, like, there were so many parts of it where I'm just like, God, I wish this was different. You know, like, they, you know, there were so many parts where I was like, the story, I'm just like, why? 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 You know, and, and you know, and you just keep. I keep asking myself. And I, you know, I put 300, 400 hours into the game, but I was still. You, you, know, you and time. I can use our time very differently, is what yeah. I discovered. Right. That's crazy. I, I think Horizon being a game that you would say you were disappointed in is absolutely. I, I, my mind Overall. is blown. Uh, Four hundred hours and the platinum, and you've played it three times. Yes. Um, that's, okay. that, I mean, it, it's still there's still a lot of parts in that game where I'm just like, this is really unnecessary he's it's like that guy uh, perspective yeah but i get he's it like the guy with an extra large serving of like french fries and he's stuffing them in his mouth and going god these fries suck i will stand up for uh, for uh, forbidden west because i think it's a vast improvement over zero dawn and i really thoroughly enjoy it however i do not have the 400 hour experience so <laughs> That could be casual. It's possible it sours really on you in hour three nine. <laughs> this is true. I've had more games that have surprised me than than I guess really disappointed me. But I also have a very small circle of games that I actually play. So um, I respect your your actually your focus because I don't I can't maintain that as well as you do either. So I, I think that's yeah, awesome. I, I, I used to be you know I'm buying everything. I still have you know two thousand games on Xbox, probably close to a thousand on PlayStation platform, all digital. And you know I'm I'm never going to play some of them, but they're, they're the ones that I do. I just kind of end up falling into. Horizon. You play and play and yeah. play them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Like I played Ghost of Tsushima probably six times all the way through. Wow, I respect. You know, it. I think just that's crazy. I think the game that's going to wind up with the most played hours for me this year is going to be Elden uh, uh, Elder Yes, Elden Online. Ring. Elden Ring, oh, I heard it. I heard it. I it's subconscious. It's so it's Elden so very Scrolls. funny cuz my daughters are like, "Are you playing what do they say? Is are you playing Elden Scrolls?" And I'm like, "That sounds intriguing." But no, that's not a game. <laughs> and she's like, "Well, that's not my fault." They don't call Elden it ESO. Uh, ESO. No, I tend to call it Elder Scrolls. Really? Okay. Yeah. There you go. Interesting. Uh, what I'm saying when I'm going to play, because they know, oh, are you going to play that card game again? I said, we might adventure a little bit, but then, yes, we're going to play some cards. Ugh. 
Um, G-Man, of course, as I played Destiny the... 2 for 2,000 hours, and it constantly disappoints me, which Travis Correct. is that good many Although times. To me, yeah, agreed, 100%. Although, I will <laughs> say, like, uh, any game, even a game that you love, could hurt you if you play, if you overplay it, which is why my goal is to only play a game as long as I'm still enjoying it. And the second it starts to at all, I just, I leave. I don't, my goal is to not hate games, right? And I do that with Destiny too, quite deftly, because it's a game I'm forced to play a lot. And people will be like, Travis, how come you didn't grind to get this title or or get the end game or you get, get the perfect armor? And I'm like, because I want to enjoy Destiny. Is the reason. How do you manage that, Travis, with reviews and deadlines? Does that, does that ever become a problem? Yeah, it does. Uh, actually, one of the things that Ains and I talked about is that uh, sometimes you're, the way that you are forced to review games can have an impact on your enjoyment and your impressions of it. For example, if you're forced to review a 150 hour JRPG and you have three weeks to play it, you play 50 hours a week, uh, that can have an impact. That would be sure. weird. That would never happen. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Industry and I think, doesn't uh, do that. yeah, part of it is, is, I mean, luckily it was three weeks, so I got to pace it out a little bit, but part of it is that you have to, I, at least I try to keep in mind if I had played this under ideal circumstances and it took me three months instead of three weeks, uh, how, would I, how would I, how, how would that have impacted? I try to remove the crunch and the work part. Cause you could say the same thing about pretty much any game, even if it wasn't really long and you had to crunch it, it still feels like work. Cause you have to be taking notes. And then at the end, you know, you're going to have to write about it. So there's like a work heft to it. That is, that is different it. than just a casual player. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I try my best to just not let that, color right. review because yeah, yeah it's just Xeno, xenoblade is a great example of that where i just kind of removed that from my brain and was just like look if i got to play this ideally would have been three months <laughs> three months would have been absolutely because xenoblades one and two when i when i played those and wasn't reviewing them because i reviewed the remaster xenoblade one okay. and that one i had to that one i had to beat in a week which made me want to die. But uh, <laughs> when i when that I is not the, the game i would want a week on for an assignment oh no that one was like a and also it's me, just so you know, like it's not IGN going, you need this done in a week. It's me going, I need this done in a week because I don't want to, I don't want this review to drag on. Reviews drag on and then, you know, you can't do review other games. You can't play other games. It just is uh, annoying to me. Um, so, uh, but yeah, the, 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 that is a, a super interesting question that I, I think some people are better at separating than others because you can tell in certain reviews, you're like, this person this person OD'd on this game. This person that, hates this thing and is trying yeah, not this person to. hates this game because <laughs> yeah. they're forced to play it. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, I did that with Deathloop. Right. I got uh I got the review code on Deathloop on Friday afternoon and the embargo was Monday morning. And uh, we got it late. We're a smaller outlet. Sometimes it happens for smaller outlets. And I was like, you know what? I want to hit embargo. And I played 31 hours that weekend of I Deathloop. Did. Again, I'm thinking of games I wouldn't want to be under crunch, and Deathloop is one of them as well. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that weekend, man, I was dragging. I think I literally finished the review at, like, 3.30 a.m. on Monday and then woke up at 6 or whatever to get the you know get everything out for embargo. It's crazy. Luckily, I get paid the big bucks. So, I was going to say, I hope you found the clicks you were looking for. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Let's uh, – well, we're kind of – partially segueing there why don't we go ahead and jump over to destiny 2 so destiny um they announced this week or bungie announced a couple days ago uh that they're going to have an event on august 23rd which is going to present uh what's next for destiny which includes uh lightfall is the next expansion along with the future of that so i know that obviously goes without saying travis is by far the closest to this on this panel, but I figured it would be there, you know, the Destiny community is a big community and there's a lot of people that are kind of curious about this and and wanting to, uh, in general, not only kind of maybe 
go back to Destiny. There's some people checking it out for the first time. But every time they do have a big big expansion launch, like the Witch Queen, for example, there's a bunch of people that, uh, you know, go back or say, hey, maybe now's the time I'd like to come check this out. So I figured what we could do, Travis, is you could kind of educate us or educate the listeners who don't know um, what Lightfall is kind of set up to be. Um, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, It is. is it still planned to come out this year? Next year. Next year. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so is Lightfall a continuation of what was set up with Witch Queen? Technically it is, but it I would I would describe it not so much as a direct sequel. Um, at the end of Witch Queen, you find out that uh, you get a cutscene that happens after the credits that sets up Lightfall and the villain that you're facing. But in a lot of ways, this is actually a sequel to all seven years of Destiny so far because it is a direct... Um, a, it, it is the culmination of all those events, basically. So the darkness, which they've been fighting in Destiny for since the beginning, uh, is basically uh, managed by this guy, the Witness. Uh, and the Witness is the going to be the villain in Lightfall. And so what Lightfall sets up is it sets up the beginning of the end. Basically, think of Lightfall as, uh, you know, Avengers... Um, um, Infinity Wars, right? I was going to go with Stranger Things 4, but I just want to be a little bit more topical. Sure, <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do... Uh, I think probably more people have seen uh, Avengers. Uh, so, um, this is... This is this is Infinity Wars, right? And then uh, the year after that, 2024, probably 2025 with delays, let's be honest. Let's be, uh, honest. Let's be honest. Yeah. Is, uh, that one is called The Final Shape. And that is the final year of the light and darkness saga that Destiny has been doing for this 10-year run. And so that is supposed to conclude the story of Destiny in some way. The developers have already said that they plan on doing more Destiny after that. But this idea of the Traveler and the light and the darkness and the pyramids and the, the witness and all that stuff that, that has been in Destiny from the beginning is going to be gone, is going to end. There's going to be some sort of resolution. And so... It's interesting because for Destiny fans, we're finally getting the payoff of all this illusion to, oh, there's that big bad in the background who's pulling the strings for years. And I think uh, something that Destiny has suffered from is not having a consistent villain or consistent narrative that makes you feel like you're actually playing against someone. I still um, say it's the Traveler. They, they, oh, you still think it's the Traveler? The, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, but I, <laughs> I understand your skepticism. I think it was uh, at one point. Yeah, it was. It definitely was at one point. Yeah, the, I think that that got scrapped, and then the new minds took over and kind of made decisions. But uh, yeah, it uh, it it's very interesting because for players who've been playing for a long time, it is a culmination. And for new players, the hope is that you'll be joining, you know, at the most epic and consequential point in the journey, and and get to sort of just be along for the ride. Um, that said, if the past seven years are any indication, that experience will be horrifying for you awesome. and and terrible and and they will not have really thought of you at all uh, unfortunately because it's like they don't want new players um i have an interesting anecdote on this one which is i have a friend actually it's my other gamer lawyer friend hoke uh who recently you can got more into than one Destiny. <laughs> yeah he recently got into destiny 2 via peer pressure from his friends and 
he is the most meticulous person I know. He's like the uh, the power gamer who and the rules lawyer. Whenever we play uh, tabletop RPGs together, he's just like, "Oh, if we do this, then we can min max and like get the ample you know uh, amount of stat point boosts out of our." You know, he's just super annoying to be with. Um, and uh, <laughs> lawyers, <laughs> yeah. lawyers are annoying sometimes. So catch season one of Lawyers and Dragons coming soon. <laughs> yeah, because I'm the game master in my my sessions, I I you know appreciate that type of guy because I can just like hand things off to him and be like, hey, can you keep track of initiative? And he'll be like, okay, and he'll create like a table for it when we do a combat, you know. So that's always fun. Um, and uh, but he he is a very interesting person to be playing Destiny for the first time because he hates so much about the new player experience and it's so funny he's like it's so confusing it's so convoluted it's this bad. is the type of guy where if he runs into a problem rather than just going oh, i don't get this i'm gonna log off like a dan would he goes i'm gonna create <laughs> spreadsheets to track this and i'm gonna create like a you know a a, a, a plot thing and, and all these grids to sort of map out how this works and he sent me some of these and it's just hysterical because as a longtime player he's uncovering things that i never would have even thought of being a problem it's like you know you need legendary shards for things and if you're if you've played destiny at all you've just got thousands and thousands of legendary shards but if you're a new player it's like gold to you it's like mining for diamonds and and but it's like it's a currency that the game throws away so casually and if you don't have it it becomes like a huge hindrance to actually uh doing anything and so it's so funny to see him he's also a free player which is even worse no than being a new player looks like in destiny yeah. yeah yeah just knowing the experience of a free player it's basically like you get to play the first mission of everything because it's serving them up to you as like ads, but it doesn't tell you which it, it'll like try to sell you the season pass by making you play the first season pass mission. And then afterward, it'll be like, you can buy the season pass to keep playing it. And he'll be like, oh, wait. So then that's different from the Witch Queen thing. It also was trying to sell me because it made me play the first mission of that and then told me that I could buy something. And so the entire ecosystem is insane. And so if you are thinking about getting into Destiny, do not do it. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. It will not make your life better. It, like, just don't play it. It is for people like me who either have to recover or have to cover it for work or hate themselves. <laughs> recover. I know that was a funny <laughs> if I ever heard one. Oh, God. But yeah. Get to um, in recovery. Um, Destiny is a great game. And, but as I say on, on my show uh, on Thursdays all the time, it is one of the best and 10 of the worst games I've ever played. Uh, and um, if, you, if you're not in it, just my recommendation would be to not get into it and save yourself before. It's so, so Eric says this. Let me know what you think. He says, there comes a point where long-running games as a service need to decide if they should spend money on new players or spend money on loyal longtime fans. Warframe and Destiny made the right choice, in my opinion. Alluding I to that, that they've spent that, the focus on long-term fans. I think that that is a false dilemma. I, I think you can absolutely make a game that appeals to longtime fans and welcomes newcomers. And there are plenty of examples of games that do that. Uh, Destiny and Warframe are not examples of games that do it. And so I, I was going to welcome people to Elder Scrolls is what I was going to do. <laughs> you can just Elder run right Scrolls in. Elder Scrolls does a, a much better job of welcoming You just run right in. They change yeah. their entire entry point and they're, they're onboarding. And you can just... You yeah. just fly right in. Come hang out yeah. with me. We'll play cards. <laughs> yeah. I need to re-download it. I forgot, by the way. Yeah, I would just say I, I understand what you're talking about. If you're a longtime fan of Destiny, you probably feel right now like they're appealing to you, and that's great. 
uh, I would ask you to expect more from your games and expect that they could appeal to you and also welcome new players and uh, maybe maybe not uh, apologize on behalf of the developers who have been able to figure out problems. That uh, The weirdest part about that to me, Travis, right, is that in general, I think multiplayer online groups understand this. You need the lifeblood. You, if you get too exactly. insular, that's only ever going to drop people off because of reasons that might be separate from the game, life reasons, right? Like you're only yeah. going to drop people off if, you, if you're not bringing in that pipeline. And I constantly try New Light, not free, because I can't like strip it of knowing that I bought Destiny 2, but I constantly try what they tweak with New Light because I'm always curious because it was so god-awful. Now it's only really mostly god-awful. Like there's been moderate improvements around the edges. Maybe they can take another swing at it, but he's right. your friend's right about Legendary Shards. It is amusing if you don't have that bank of them and you say, huh, well... Where am I going to get them? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, I, and to Travis's point too, if I recall correctly, because I did get back into Destiny briefly last year, the seat, the paid season pass gives you additional like resources. It does that you know it just makes it way way easier to kind of upgrade and move on. Whereas if you you're still a free have to player, play the like, game regularly though, and like if you play yeah. it every season, you're storing up resources to use during the main expansion. So the way I think Bungie looks at it, and I've not talked to Bungie in person in a long time just because of since covid they stopped inviting me to their office but uh actually they don't even go to their office a lot of them anymore um but uh the, the i think the way they think of it is they're making a game for people who want to play this game every day and everything that they build in between major expansions caters to that player and then they have these major expansions that they do once a year and those are for the players that they view as the casuals who are going to complete the campaign maybe mess around a little bit with some stuff and then drop off and that they're okay with those people dropping off because they're paying That's the $60 entry fee just to pay the expansion. And I think most of the people in this chat are the latter. You are the people that just play it once a year. And they're happy to take your 60 bucks and <laughs> give you an enjoyable campaign, but they're not going to build their ecosystem to support you. I think that Travis made they, you money on this one from me, Bungie. So send him his royalty check. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hey, that's not true. Your brother also sold you on it. I know it wasn't he the that's, one that that's talked true. To you actually, yeah, yeah. I got, so, it was a pincer. <laughs> pincer move. Uh, yeah, he and I, he and I are on the on the same sales. By team. the way, I, I don't know. I haven't played enough to know if this is true, uh, Rick. So you can comment. But Eric uh, responded by saying ESO, so Elder Scrolls, as you like to refer to it as, does the same things you were complaining about, where it serves the first quest of a of like a 20 quest line and makes you pay for each one so this is about optics and onboarding right so what eso does is it has menus that shows prologue quests that will lead you into an environment and then it has it has descriptions in the menus that talk about what their expansions were also what year they came from what order their stories were in leads you through what is happening <laughs> i i'm not saying that eso doesn't try to sell you things it does uh but in terms of like the issue that happens with Destiny is unique because it's you slam your head into a wall. You, you get through these first three quests and then the world explodes and you you don't even know if you have nothing to even go on. Like I am, yep. I can't even like go into that person's head exactly because I'm like, all right, Mars used to be here. And then like you do this and like <laughs> you can still kind of be like, what is Destiny? Anybody else? You get to that solar system screen. God help you. Right. Like, I mean, you, they did not give you enough going in. ESO puts you in a portal room, says here are where we would recommend that you start. And then some of those portals will say, um, yeah, you don't you don't own this, Hoss. They're paid. Would, yeah. you, like, would you like to buy yeah. it? Uh, but like it's it's a portal room. <laughs> like, you, like, you know what you're looking at. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah my my that, son. That, 
Sorry, Travis. Sorry, I was just going to say that my my stepson, who's the big Destiny player, th thousands of hours, like many of you weirdos, um, <laughs> he uh, he was staying with us at the time. And when I got back into Destiny, it was because of him, because he literally would sit with me and explain where I needed to go, what I needed to do, what things were, yes, why the menus were. Print, it's useful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like without sure him, plot. I wouldn't have had any clue to your point, Rick, of exactly. where I was and supposed I, to go or what I was doing. It's like they're outsourcing the tutorial system because I so what I what I do is every time I review a Destiny expansion, I bring along an idiot, which means that I have somebody go through the expansion alongside me, but not in my party, just to understand what their experience was as a new player. This most recent time it was my girlfriend because she was new to Destiny and and uh, you know I, I try to have um I try to have some call your around. girlfriend an idiot. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she was my <laughs> destiny idiot that that uh, that year. Um, sorry, Clar I, clarity I, would be helpful. It's there. a colloquial term uh, of endearment to whoever I play <laughs> along with. I'll be like, "You'll be my destiny idiot," which really just means guinea pig who has not played before. Um, and I just try to get a sense of what the experience is like because you can't really, even if I created a new account and played it, I have certain assumptions in my brain and I know certain things, and so I mm -hmm. like to get a perspective exactly. of somebody who's nearby. Uh, and uh, what's interesting about this current expansion is that because this guy, this uh, my other gamer lawyer, was my destiny idiot, or this time around, uh, there is no marker for what where to go after you start the game. So after you do the intro mission, it literally puts you in the tower, and it doesn't. Most of the time, they put a, at least a blinking marker on where you're supposed to go. But I guess this season they forgot, and so you ha you just <laughs> unless you go to the right place and click on the right icon you will have no direction where to go. And so it's like, they I think they wow. just, their philosophy is they just outsource their entire onboarding to friends. You have to know a guy. Oh yeah, I've got a, I've got a destiny connection. He'll hook you up with the, how to get into that, that sweet <laughs> campaign story. It's like the like, hidden bar. That's like three floors yeah, below exactly. the hotel. It's, well, the it's, yeah, it's like a speakeasy where you need to know the do. password. Yeah. Right. Like modern strategy games very often, instead of having good tutorials or whatever, and, and this is computer landscape, we'll just say, well, the, the people are building a wiki. It's like, yeah, but that's not what. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> document your game. Thing. It's part of your job. Exactly. Yeah. Very strange. Uh, it, it annoys me to no end. And I do think that, Hogue, you hit the nail on the head, which is if you are not expanding your audience, you are shrinking your audience. And shrinking your audience is Definitely. not a great idea as games go. I mean, it but just... If, if, if this is, like you said, maybe the end of the saga, you know, and maybe, you know, the end of Destiny 2, you know, would it matter so much now? Uh, you know, I mean, not that their onboarding has ever been good, you know, mm -hmm. really, because I've tried to get into it several times, and I'm just like, I have no freaking clue what's going on. Yeah, yeah, and 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 so so at this point, you know, is it is it better to cater to those, not you know, to those you know players that have been playing it for a long time because you're potentially so close to the final, you know, you you're the end basically. To it the end of the story, to the it end certainly it. is better to cater to those people, but I just disagree with the notion that you have to choose. <laughs> I just think no, you think can so. cater to both. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, if, oh, if sure this is could. Infinity Wars we're gearing up for, we're not catering for the person who's never watched a Marvel movie, right? Like this is for mm -hmm. the fans that have been there from the beginning. But Infinity Wars can also be an enjoyable movie if you watch it by yourself. And I think that that's because the people who made it probably uh, were were a little bit more aware of that some people might just be coming in completely blind and uh for some reason bungie at at least right now is acting like that person doesn't really exist or 
they put the the most minimal amount of, of uh, effort into that experience. And it's frustrating because I want to see Destiny grow. And it seems like Bungie is expecting me to uh, be their recruiter in chief in order for that to happen like i have to explain <laughs> to my friend literally in discord explaining to this lawyer who started playing it all of the things that that person has to know and then the entire time i'm thinking to myself why isn't this in the game why am i having to do this for my friend yeah. i have to spend you gotta start handing out referral friend codes you know you guys you gotta start you gotta start getting free expansions yeah. for the service you're performing Travis. creator they codes do, they do have referral codes in destiny and i have i maxed out on my that. referral <laughs> they do have it they do have it it's a pyramid scheme dude it really is it's uh it's horrifying but yeah uh, don't play so destiny. i was gonna expand upon dan's question because where i was gonna ask which is kind of in line with that is if you let's say 2024 next couple of years they get to the end of this story arc right do they are they working towards it doesn't sound like it but could they work towards where by time did it get to the end of this story arc and it's all now done right that they kind of recreate the experience like they've been doing for a decade at that point to to make it beginning to end and all make sense i think all the organs have been pulled out at this point yeah they the 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 hooks got it got to before me but they pulled out a lot of the game no that's totally fine uh the i i um but didn't they say some of that could come back, or am I wrong on that? They they, they don't yeah, want you they, to be angry at them for removing it, so they said, "Hey, we could bring." Of it back course, yeah, of course. They, they are in fact bringing a raid back that uh, from D one. They're pulling that out of the vault, uh, so it is like it very much is the Disney vault. Like like they just get to decide when you get to enjoy something, which uh, I think is a dis- an interesting philosophical discussion that we are not really prepared for as an industry because games as a service are different than other types of games we've played before. Um, I, I think it's something that we have to address, but I, they're I young, to... right? That, that conversation is evolving. Exactly. My, it's like, my how feelings do, are known. Yeah. Hope's <laughs> feelings are known. He hates the practice, but the idea is like, you know, this, I don't been, like this... it either, but we don't have an answer. I think you have to exactly. fight the practice as it appears with the viciousness with which it deserves or else it becomes the norm. For sure. I, I would well, agree that. with that statement, Hogan. I think, uh, I yep. think you know, this is, uh, at the very least, I'm glad that live service games are forcing this topic to come up because this has been a problem before live service games when you really like a multiplayer game like Monday Night Combat and then they pull the servers offline. Because Great game. The old. Great game. They pull the servers offline and then you, you lose a game and you bought that game and you can no longer access it. And so this has been sort of ignored because it only used to happen to games that nobody cared about because the servers were empty already, right? But now it's happening to games that are still alive. And I think that that is a very interesting discussion because if you're Bungie, you're making Destiny, you cannot have the entire game all at once playable inside Destiny 2 natively. You just can't. It's too many playlists. It divides your audience too many times. It makes the game bloated and huge. It makes the loading screens way longer. One of the things with Destiny Content Vault is when they took out all that content, loading screens became like five seconds and they used to be like two minutes. They were so long. And so there are undoubtedly advantages to what Bungie's doing. The problem is that they've done so without an iota of thought toward game preservation or giving people a fair deal for the fact that they bought this content. My idea is create a separate app for it where, where it's an offline only, you can just play and access this content, but it's not in the live servers, something like that. But there is no answer. And I think Hogue is right on the money that you should just oppose it until they get a model that works for both people, because otherwise they're just going to set the precedent of we can take away your content and people don't really care. And I don't think that that is what the road we want to go down. So 
I, I will continue to, answer... to oppose it with all the voice I have at my channel. <laughs> More power to you. Yeah, I, 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 um, I have qualms about the way that they, they've been doing it so far too. Um, I, to your point, answer to your question, I think that they could do something like that where they put together a complete dark and light darkness and light saga and make it available for the players and they have like a new player experience i doubt that the game will be relevant by that point and i think that that's the problem is live service games tend to only live in the moment and the second that it's not the hot new people don't really care uh whether or not you oh, think that's good i hate that as a philosophy as a, as a person oh I yeah think. for sure but but that's <laughs> that is i mean go look at fortnite that's their entire model right is that if it's not today it's, then it's fleeting it's, yes it's fleeting. life is a, it's a series of short moments people enjoy right. them with that's what makes it beautiful it's what makes it beautiful it's like it's like lighting a, a bonfire or doing an improv scene it only happens once and it's unique and you know then it's gone poof uh so yeah anyway as a guy that plays uh, his games like 45 times, has played Final Fantasy VI like every year, yeah. I, I, it's not what I like. It's not for you. Yeah, 100%. No. Um, I, I think more likely, though, Ains, is they're probably just kicking this problem down down the, the field a little bit and waiting for the Darkness and Light Saga to end. And then they're probably going to be rebuilding their engine, would be my guess, because Trip the Destiny down, engine yeah. is awful. Uh, and they're going to figure out a solution to the new player problem once the Darkness and Light Saga is over on whatever Destiny 2 ends up becoming at the end of this first 10-year sprint. So I think Destiny will continue. I think it'll probably still be called Destiny 2. But whatever they build is going to be different on a different engine. And they'll probably, they're probably just, we're looking at their current, uh, tech and going, we can't fix this problem. Let's fix it in two years and let's start building the blocks and the engine yeah. to go do that when it's over. And I think that that's what they'll do. So it'll probably suck for the next two years. And then, you know, on the third year, it'll be, it, they'll it'll come be the up phase with four of destiny. Right. I like, I yeah. like that. Uh, I like that you use the word sprint with a 10 year arc. That was interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um yeah. we do two, have I've, two two week 10 year sprint that's right <laughs> <laughs> i've got uh we've got two super chats i'm i'm saving geos because it's a it's a different conversation point we'll touch on in a second but geckos is related directly to destiny so let me get to that one you know the 10 euros thank you again gecko you're crazy uh, i tried to play <laughs> destiny twice finished a mission where i got my weapons then the robot started babbling about some uh, the traveler and go into a bunker and kill someone and then get lost. That's basically my experience. Yeah, yeah he described time. the beginning of Destiny. Fantastic. That's the onboarding of Destiny right now. That Good job, Gecko. Except for now you get to interact with a character named Shah Han, who is a character that has two Fast and Furious references in his name. Perfect. I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be Han Solo. Yeah. Uh, actually, He's got that roguish pirate thing. <laughs> hate to break it to you, Hogue, but Dest Bungie developers themselves have said that he is a reference to Fast and Furious. Uh, <laughs> Shaw and Han, two characters. They wrote him like Han Solo. I don't know they what they did. They did, yeah, they did. So it's not surprising think... the onboarding's bad if they're referencing Fast and Furious. How dare you, sir? He's working on his bomb throwing. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about I'm, it. I'm, I'm figuring it out as we go here. Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> what, what you guys mentioned, you know, as far as like it becoming the norm, and this is how it, you know, with, with, with Sony purchasing Bungie and having 10 different live service games or however many they have going on, well, they, you, got, you see that as a problem. If they set the precedent and this is what sticks, are all those other games going to follow? 
you know, because, you know, that's, you know, they're pulling from, you know, that's why they bought them, you know, is to if get we, that. If we allow it to, this will become the norm. And I okay. think Bungie is a absolutely a leader there. They are going to be the, the main brain trust for all of these 10 live service games that Sony launches for the next year. And if players do not aggressively state their disapproval of this practice, it will absolutely become the norm because there's there's two schools of thought right now. One of them is an unsustainable thought of let's keep all the content in the game, which I can tell you is just going to break down a long enough timeline, right? And then the other one is let's remove it and just take it from players and they won't care. Uh, and both of those models suck. And I think that somebody has to somebody has to reinvent the wheel fast or it will become the norm. That doesn't mean that a norm can't be changed. It'll just be harder to change when it's the industry standard. And so, you know, I, I say state your opinion. If your opinion is that you hate this like Hogue, create a YouTube channel, get 100,000 subscribers, and then talk or, about how you hate it. <laughs> if you are interested in how you hate it, we have a subscribe button at the Hogue Law YouTube channel. There will be more videos talking about the vault, <laughs> bungee, stealing, fraud, and other legal concepts. Please come visit. We'll continue to talk about it, and the bigger our subscriber base gets, the bigger our voice gets, and we will stop Bungie before they get started. <laughs> That's why the channel was created. <laughs> stop <laughs> Bungie.com. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I've right. actually I've actually had some interactions with some budgie folks. So you know, <laughs> they're cool. People. Last la- last question for the bigger they conversation on Destiny here, which is uh, so if correct me if I'm wrong, I think the code name for their new IP is Matter. Is yes. Right? Okay. Yep. So ha- have they commented at all around is Matter supposed to be entirely new, right? Like. Or are they are they looking to kind of transfer the bun, uh, Destiny audience to this new IP? It is entirely new. It is unclear if it takes place in the Destiny universe, but by by what we know from job listings, it is a hero shooter multiplayer only game. Overwatch so I do not, type thing. Oh, Overwatch type thing. So I do not s- expect that it will at all interfere or take away from the audience in Destiny if it comes with the Destiny universe skin like it's in the destiny yeah. universe and it and it has like some sort of carryover or resources or your playtime transfers or something then that's a separate conversation and then i'll be very upset because that means that they'll have given up on the multiplayer in destiny 2 which right now is uh languishing uh but uh <laughs> I, I i think it's a i think it's a completely separate project just from the bungee devs i've talked to in recent months and uh i think it's going to get announced this year because okay. uh, I think it would be really not... limiting to tie it to Destiny. I know I Destiny is very popular, but I think that would be limiting its reach. I don't expect it to be Destiny tie-in at all. I think it's a completely separate thing. And they hired PR people in February, which means the game's probably getting announced this year. I would agree, Rick. I think at least my mindset would be, right, if you tie it to Destiny, sure, you get the peep, the Destiny community is automatically going to check it out. Um, but you're automatically going to alienate some portion of your audience, right, that didn't feel uh any appreciation for destiny whereas yeah i think from the makers of destiny and the creators of halo on the trailer you don't need to have a skin on it yep that's what i say is that you're going to get more people that are willing to try because your your destiny players are going to try it anyway because they're bungie faithful right so you're going to get more new people if you disassociate it yeah i'm excited to see bungie get back into hero shooter that's more intriguing to me i don't really care for hero shooters too much but there's no doubt we've talked many times about bungie shooting like naraka right it's a hero slicer Kind of hero slicer yeah but bungee yeah. shooting mechanics and their their ability to create intriguing mechanics in that space is uh almost second to none so yeah i right. think i think they're my favorite shooting mechanics in games so, it's up there yeah. it's up second there for me but yeah yeah second behind infinite but i 
you're you're literally you know you're drawing a line of the two best things in the industry in my opinion i think and they're, uh, they're behind they're infinite the same why am infinite. i breaking down what is infinite halo halo Same thank you halo. sorry i was like call of duty uh, <laughs> infinite, infinite yeah. wars or whatever that one was called i was like i don't remember how the shooting mechanics were i apologize uh they were call of duty you can see how halo is tip of my mind <laughs> all right so we've got a couple comments from geo here uh one i've been saving because it's it's a bigger conversation but um let me ask this one first we'll get to this super chat yeah thanks geo uh is there any new upcoming mmo in the near future that you guys are looking forward to uh, i'll answer this real quick no so <laughs> there you go i think i'm know. basically covered by eso and final fantasy 14 i'll probably bounce between them um but i don't Anything newish in the MMO side of things? I don't believe so. I, I think I, the, the old guard has covered me. What's I, I am intrigued by um, the Warframe creators making Soul Frame. Um, I'm intrigued. I'm not a big Warframe player, but no doubt they have a big community. Very similar. A lot of con, a lot of the conversation around Warframe is similar to what we just had in ways to to Destiny. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see they. You know, it's fantasy. It's based in the Warframe universe, whatever that means. Uh, so I, I'm curious to check that out when it when it. When it's just gonna have out. Tiny Tina roll in. They're actually playing a tabletop in Warframe. <laughs> I'm down. Uh, they're I'm calling down. it Soul Frame. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. Warframe makes be the, the worst game for that game ever. Tiny Tina Soul Frame. Soul Frame on that game. Oh, marketing team, you messed up. That's <laughs> that's awful. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I like I said, I think I'm covered. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of in the same boat. I think most of the uh, MMOs I care about are probably just going to be releasing expansions. So in that in that um, sense, I'm covered. Like I'm always excited whenever new ESO uh, content drop. But uh, um, hi, Isle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not yeah. A, not not an MMO. And uh, this is a partial bomb throwing at Hoag yet again. But uh, Diablo Four, I'm really excited for. I would love to be excited about Diablo Four. <laughs> I mean that sincerely. Diablo 2 has a special place in my heart. I would not love Diablo to Diablo 3. Not a, not a Diablo 3 guy. I, I Diablo 3 is too um World of Warcrafty to me. I mean, I mm. it just I just don't like the aesthetic. I didn't like the story. So I didn't like growing in that particular campaign. I think it's good clicker, you know, and it, and it's good uh, for your narcolepsy. Uh, no, it, 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 if I need to fall asleep, that is for sure. Uh, no, I like Gecko in the chat here who proposes Assassin's Creed Infinity. I don't know that we that that's an MMO. Uh, but I am very intrigued as to what they plan to do with Assassin's Creed. Yeah, we're actually going to be talking about that in just a second. Funny. Enough. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 that's a good segue. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Let's do it. Um, well, let me get to this other one that's been waiting. Um, sure. So this goes back to kind of review methodology. <clears throat> oh, boy. Right. Uh, again, thank you, Gio. I enjoyed the review video with Ains and Travis. Listened while running around ESO. There you go. Uh, but I was still wondering, uh, with Travis Ultra PC... Was that uh, mainly for VR? Uh, how much do you or do graphics fidelity influence you? Okay, um, this is an interesting uh, quandary, which is that lots of people play different versions of a game, especially if it's PC or on multiple platform, which uh, you can only write about the experience that you had. And if you're reviewing a game, I think that it is in your best interest to try to receive the, the best version of that game if you can, just to... Uh, be um charitable to the game itself right you want you want to experience it hopefully the way it was meant to be played um 
And so I have a high-end PC. I'm always upgrading my PC because to me, it is an investment for work. I want to be able to run any game I review on ultra settings and in pre-release that this means clip it's has not been optimal. for the IRS. Yeah, also that. Hey, IRS, I'm constantly upgrading it for work. Um, this is actually true. Uh, I do write it all off. Um, so you, uh, you uh, especially if it's in pre-release, games aren't optimized super well a lot of times before the day one patch. And so you need extra horsepower to run it at a, at a level that, that is good. Um, so uh, that's the reason I upgrade my PC. That said, there is certainly merit in playing a game as an average person would play it. And that is why I have a gaming laptop that is mid. Uh, I can play games on the Steam Deck if I want. Uh, and uh, I also try to access a version of the console version. I'm lucky I work at an outlet where I can just, you know, hit up the developer and say, hey, can you give me four codes, one for each platform, and I'll try it all, right? Um, so like if I'm reviewing a game on the Xbox Series X and it works on the Xbox One, I'll play that too. And if it is bad enough, Sometimes we'll do a separate review for that. And you can see that in Cyberpunk. We reviewed it for the PC, gave it a nine, and then we reviewed it for Xbox One, and I think it got a six. So it might have even gotten lower than that. Uh, so yeah, I, I think um, that is a super interesting question. The, my rule of thumb is whatever you played it on, you should disclose it in your review. I always talk about my gaming hardware, and you should uh, mention which platforms you played it on. And if you're planning on getting a game, I would recommend looking at least some reviews that are on the platform or a similar spec PC to what you plan on buying it on, because that is going to be closer to answering the question. But it's a great question, a super complicated answer that I think about a lot. Um, but yeah, graphic fidelity in general doesn't really matter to me too much. It, it really, if the game is trying to be a, a beautiful thing and I think that it looks beautiful, that's great. But some games don't look good and still manage to be great games. And so for me, it's not the end of the world. I'll, you know, I'll play a game if it looks a little jank as long as it is, it's uh, fun. Um, so great answer. I agree on, on all points. I think cyberpunk, I know it's a common example for a lot of things nowadays but it was a perfect example of this right like we talked about yeah. how when i reviewed it i had one crash i think my entire time and you know silly bugs that didn't impact the game like cars wow. coming out of the ground right uh they're hilarious bugs but it didn't ruin my experience and so when you were reviewing it we talked about how i can only write about what i experienced mm -hmm. i can't assume what is happening to someone else or anything else so yeah it's uh yeah that's relevant. what i say when i'm proclaiming the greatness of days gone I didn't have any bugs. Fair, fair. But you played that yeah. bad story. So. Yeah, I mean, the, the game's still not great, despite the bugs. Yeah, but, you know, the dialogue, man. <laughs> you could, I, I, I want, need you to promise to ride me like you ride your bike. You, you liked that? You thought that was good riding? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, <laughs> moving on. So uh, a couple just news topics to touch on here that we want to touch on. So uh, D Discord chat is uh, coming to Xbox. It is now live Curtis for... Sony. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> Don't they, they're 10% they're shareholders, right? That's a hell of a lot of money Sony just put into yeah. Discord. Yeah, and they still don't have the <laughs> chat. Smart, so. It's a smart buy. Uh, well, Sony's someone asked me about this on Twitter. Like, how did Xbox get this first? And I was like, well, it's not really, a, it it's not really a get, right? It's that there's yeah. a, a project and a lot of teams that have to work on this integration. And most likely, and I'm, I certainly don't know, but my guess would be, having worked on integrations, is that they were just ahead of the game and worked on it more efficiently. That's it. That my, my initial reaction was, oh, they worked on it first. Like that, my, my, yeah. Oh, they were working on Xbox first. Which yeah. well, they, 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 they have a similar platform, no? I mean, wouldn't that be part of it, well, too? Just the, the OS uh, would probably be a little bit more similar than what Sony's running, no? Yeah, Could Microsoft be. Windows-based, yeah. 
Could be. Microsoft, yeah, Microsoft also tends to do a little bit better on the software side, whereas Sony does better on the hardware side. So, yeah, Microsoft I, I, has a few resources in software. Yeah, I don't know if you knew bit. that, but they're a software company. <laughs> they're a software company. So, it's in uh, the name, Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is neat. I think um, you know. I've, funny enough, I play Halo with uh, my my son-in-law who uh, is on PC, and he every time he hits me up to play, he's like, "Yeah, we're in a Discord chat, join." And I'm like, oh, "Yeah, I hate so that too." Uh, Get out my headphones and everything and you know it's just so this is beautiful just the integration and i think once playstation does get this it'll be really really nice right to be able to play a cross-play title with whoever and just be in a single chat that'll be excellent so that's the future we need to get to so good news generally good news yeah so, simple enough just want to mention xbox live party chat will will uh kind of rot on the vine with this because i can imagine if, you, if it works the same way Xbox Live Party Chat works, where you send invites and then you can just hold down the button to yep. enter the room, I could see people just sending an invite from the Xbox UI and then everybody going, oh, dude, not an Xbox Live chat. Come on, send the Discord link. And then then the question becomes, well, then do you, do you replace the Xbox Live link with the Discord link or do you make them interchangeable where you can be an Xbox Live Party Chat and a Discord chat and it's considered the same thing? And then at that point are they separate products or why you have two voice platforms on your Xbox? And I have a lot of questions about how this works as an ecosystem. I, I wonder to, that it's to do the discord chat, right? You have to have a discord account. So yeah. someone's logging on to their Xbox and to chat with their friend, you're not going to tell them, Oh, you have to go sign up for discord to chat with your friend. Like discord if they owned, pretty it, obnoxious. If they owned it, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't, you're right, Travis, though, that provided everybody else is already ready, you just want to do the one that would hit the most, right? Like, exactly. I don't know where Bob's playing. Is he on his PlayStation or anywhere else? So you'd, you'd ordinarily start to default to the one that would yeah. work with everything. And then, and then everybody's going to have to leave to go join the Discord chat because one person doesn't is playing on a PC and not on Xbox Live. And it means it depends this, on how, how yeah. complicated the Discord – like, I hate the Discord interface. Like, I hate Me it. Too. Um, so like they're going to have to work on making it easy for the console people. I'm not saying anything about PC people versus console people. I'm just saying you're sitting on your couch. You don't want to figure out the servers and the tabs and the folders and everything. So you better have make it damn easy for me to get on the discord because as it stands right now, I'm pretty techie, it, it, but it, 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 I'm also pretty seasoned. And I turn on that discord. And I'm like, what the hell? No, it, it, it is relatively easy. So you sign into your Discord on the Xbox, right? Which then links it. And then in the, you know how they have all the tabs, right? In your party chat menu, there's a, just a Discord line now. And I think it's just a couple button presses to get into a I, party. I think you are, and like, console there, players. A video of it. Oh, no, I know. I'm saying that. I, I just think that your 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 um, description that it's easy, I think a oh. lot of console well, players are going to object to because Great. console players... Do you know what I hear most of the time when I say we need to do this Discord? What is Discord is what I hear <laughs> on console players. They do not even know what it is. And so the fact that they have to build a separate account, dude, it's it's going to be a nightmare getting Xbox. Oh, and that, that was my on. point in your first, the first thing you said, which is do they just go with Discord? I'm like, well, no, because your average user who can just party chat by pushing X and holding the X button is way easier than having to worry about having a Discord account. But if you if you set up your account where that they were the same program, we're now clicking X and inviting everybody to chat, or it just defaults to Discord, and then you know everybody's that way. You don't have to have two chat platforms on your Xbox, and it's just kind of but integrated. You don't have to have an account, 
Unless you're saying, like, if you're on Xbox Live, you automatically have a Discord account, but that's a whole nother ball of wax that you'd be unlocked. I mean, I know you can create a Discord account using your Xbox login. That's what I did when I created yeah. a Discord. Yeah. So yeah. maybe they just automate that, or it's like, all right, you know, click a button here, and we create a Discord account using your Xbox Live profile. I don't know, man. This thing here. The funny thing is, we've inadvertently touched on answering the question of why isn't this on PlayStation yet? All of these questions that we're raising, and all of the different touch and integration points, there's teams out there working on and have to figure out. Just make it good, all right? Like, make it good. It's our tip. Yeah, I love it. That's going to be our, our phrase for developers from BitCast. Just make it good. Make it good. I just worry about the friction of having two party chats as somebody who plays. You're not wrong. You're not console, wrong. <laughs> console simpletons. Yeah. You know, it, what would solve this just in game party chat. So you wouldn't have to worry about anything else. It just, Terrible just solutions. happens. Terrible. Well, you know, like Outriders, that I literally am playing Terrible right after solution. this with my son. I have, to throw, I have to plug in my phone. I can't have just in game chat. It would have been fine. It's, it's, PC. It's then you put the onus on every single developer to have a integration yeah. with the chat and, and you know you're you're match made and then the match ends and then you don't you have to reorganize the chat together and the, there's just so many problems with in-game chat i can't get behind the this. real problem is how do i get chrome hounds back all right <laughs> let's work on that <laughs> oh my gosh all right. Uh, so I think we were going to touch on uh, game updates, which includes Ubisoft. So and and Assassin's Creed. So real quick, um, we in our in our ongoing kind of update on Hogwarts Legacy and whether or not it's coming out this year, which we still don't know as of this point. Inching closer to uh, fruition. Yeah, we're inching closer to maybe is the answer, which is the collector's Wait. edition and the edition contents leaked this week. So. Those are already planned, which would seem to indicate they're getting closer to release. But it it's is they're going to announce no. this, this, this collector's edition. This this announcement is coming with a we want to make sure that everything is dusted. All the books are settled and nearly headless Nick is in the place where he needs to be. So we're going to be releasing Hogwarts Legacy. Not quite in the holiday season we planned, but instead February 4th, yeah. 2023. Yeah, an extra eight weeks. Ooh. I mean, just come on, man. I'm tired of these delays. I'm just tired. I think. I'm already struggling. Like that. If I'm looking forward to Saints Row coming out. out, No, WB's going to say, look, we totally believe in Gotham Knights. It's going to take us to the promised land in October. So we're pushing this one two more more months. They make good trailers. You know what's funny about this game is like they keep releasing the character trailers. And I'm like, looks all right. (laughs) I never said that one time. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's coming in December. All right. All right. Good. Travis, yeah. nothing will make me happier. I hope so. It looks good. You gotta get that uh, Hogsmeade vibe. You know what I mean? <laughs> we also got the we did get a firm release date for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection, which a bunch of us seasoned people are really excited for. So definitely enjoyed all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games uh growing up. That is coming August 30th, which uh just over a month. Not bad. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, touching on Ubisoft. So they had earnings call this week. Uh, a couple news points to hit here. First, all our games are canceled. Yeah, everything's delayed and canceled, and we're not doing well. Was essentially the the gist of this earnings call. Um, so some bones get excited. <laughs> Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora, Dan, to your delight, has been delayed significantly. Um, no, as it turns out, if you don't see one thing from a game for a long period of time. Assume Surprise. it's not coming imminently. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable. So <clears throat> it got delayed to their next fiscal year, which if you're not uh, familiar is between April of 2023 and March of 2024. So that- assuming this doesn't come out in April, cause it won't, uh, this is at least a, uh, a year long delay for this game. At, the, at least it's important there because that kind of delay is a sec- effectively no earlier than next year investors is is not like we have no idea all right like obviously ideally marketing wants that thing out with avatar 2 like yeah, there's no question it's like crazy to release an avatar game a year after the movie comes out that's crazy. crazy like somebody got a talking to because december was the drop dead for this yeah. and they blew past it yeah like it, they won't even commit to like spring so no. they whiff bad. No, any, anytime you get a delay like this that says next fiscal year, to your point, Rick, they're saying it's going to be late next year at the earliest. Maybe. This is not coming in April. Don't count it in your evaluation of our stock price right now. Yes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, simultaneously, or not simultaneously, but also on this call, they announced that uh, Ghost Recon Frontline, that the game that they had the alpha for that got about as much negative feedback as you can get uh along with splinter cell vr have both been canceled they are now off the plate so um i know that sounded very fun anyway so yeah 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 so those are canceled uh there was also two other games they said unannounced games that have been canceled which i don't know why you announced that your unannounced games have been canceled. So they but. had to do that, Ains. If you look at their prior fiscal reports, they had said that there were unannounced games set for the ah, times. Exactly. They had to tell right. their investors that those aren't there anymore. Makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. Hilarious. Um, um, this is a, cell games. It's this, is a, <laughs> this is a tire fire being transported on a train wreck uh, in terms of a financial call. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was bad. This, this, it, this is a this is evincing major management and project issues across yeah. the company yeah there was half a half a billion less in revenue quarter year over year um yeah we just gotta yeah. we just gotta squeeze our mario and rabbits games out before the company goes under and we, we, <laughs> we call it a day um so they did announce that these uh or it's there's there's a combination of insider rumors and earnings call information here that have piece been pieced together Oh, I didn't That's, see any rumors. Okay. Yeah. So a couple of these. So Valhalla spinoff. Remember we talked earlier this year and they said there's a there's an Assassin's Creed kind of triple uh, A smaller experience coming yeah. with what yep. one character. Okay. So that's coming AAA in the next smaller. Minute. Yeah. Like, you know, like oh, a big like bus shorter, shorter. like shorter. hundred hour game. Yeah. Um, so, which means you won't be reviewing it. Don't worry about it. Um, but that's coming in the next fiscal year as well. Um, and they said and, and that's a rumor that it's from it's a Valhalla spinoff. It is. It's, the, it's, it's it's with the what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Yeah, the no, like the 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 guy that's with the assassins. Uh, okay, that meets you know. Every time someone asks, I'm like, his name is. Guys, no, I, forget. I hate it's to like break Paella. it to you. I hate to yeah. break it to you, but the last time Assassin's Creed spun off, it became a game called Flex. <laughs> Black, you, Black, Black, Black Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones. And uh, that game is still not out. <laughs> it took eight <laughs> years of Bot development scene. time. Bot scene. Yeah, That's scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, I'm, well, I'm, oh, I can't spoil cool. it because it's, you know, but yeah, I mean, he's going to be, he's supposed to be the main character in this. In this one. And this is, yes, yes he is. He is. Yes. Uh, so that game is coming in. playing it in 2030. Yeah, we'll see. And then the next major AC game, the big one, 
uh, is called Project Red. It's supposedly set in Asia. Some people are saying Japan. All they've said is Asia. And that'll be the first major title as part of AC Infinity, which we've heard before. This whole overarching Assassin's Creed universe that they're creating. Project no Red day, does, no does suggest Russia or Asia. So, yeah, yeah Red, <laughs> China? I don't know. China. They already did China. Um, and then lastly, uh, and this was uh, mentioned, um, this is a rumor, not from the earnings call, but that the, there is another Immortals game coming. Um, it's not a sequel, but rather just another Immortals game that's going to be built around the Hawaiian and Polynesian culture. So there you go. Mm. So kind of a weird, uh, a weird mix from Ubisoft. We joked, I think, a couple weeks ago, like, what is Ubisoft doing? And turns out on this earnings call, um, they're having trouble is what they're doing. Um, Wait, hold on. Go, go, go. Hawaii sounds awesome. It does. I agree. This is the best news I've heard, and it was just a rumor. It wasn't from Ubisoft. Oh, God. I uh, hope it's true because that's an actually that's – a, that's a wonderful – oh, Immortals Hawaii. It's, it's also an untapped, you know, you know, genre – or not genre, but like, you know, area because I've well, never – I really liked – did you do Eastern Promises? Did you do Eastern Promises yeah. and Immortals? Because yeah. I thought that was awesome. And like how really you can take the Immortals thing into different – oh, yes. Thank you, Ains. Fantastic Sunday, folks. <laughs> I keep up on everything just for you guys. See, I don't always yeah. drop bombs. You know, it's some positive things here. Immortals, which you can generally get for like a buck fifty in some of these sales that Ubisoft runs. Fantastic expenditure of money, people. One of my top games of the year. There you no, go. The Immortals. reason that they didn't officially announce it is because then they would have to officially cancel it later. So it will <laughs> remain a rumor. Hey, man, if they can keep Beyond Good and Evil 2 as a pretend game for a decade... Then they they can they don't have to cancel these things. He was dead. And, yeah, I mean the, the creator of the whole series is not even in the games industry anymore. Like, come on. No, he's like in Zoo. They were right though. It's beyond good and evil. It is non-existent. I would say that that is neither good nor evil. What's really I funny? Like- that game gets announced, and I say that's not real. That's none of that. That this is all to fight off a hostile takeover, <laughs> and like it just keeps accelerating. And I'm like, this is still not. This is not a real thing. Like everything they're showing is not real. And then we get to whatever, eight years, nine years down the line. I'm like, I hope you enjoyed your monkey CGI videos, folks, because this ain't ever going to be a game. Yeah, I know. It's sad. Uh, James says uh, Immortals Hawaii is going to come back as an Ains bomb later on. <laughs> Bring it, Ains. I got you. no guilt at all about loving Immortals. I wish oh. it were still called Gods and Monsters. Outside of that, I love that game. I was yeah. actually just going to say that, Rick, that the, na- the Gods and Monsters name is still better, but hey. You know, they I made a good really watch like a video on virtual reality about Monster Energy Drink challenging the gods and monsters usage of the trademark. I got a video on it. We need more none. comedy games. Yeah, there you go. And um, much of the comedy is not cringeworthy or awful in Immortals. It's very good. It's very fun. I, I really like that game. Much of it. I, I played it. A, you know what's funny? I just remembered that's the only game. This is true. The only game I've ever played on Stadia was Immortals when they did that. <laughs> when they did that promotion where you could try stadia with immortals that's the only time nice. i've ever used mine's destiny obviously yeah which yeah. is hilarious Man, um, I love immortals i wish so, they sold yeah. promises separately because it's shorter you could see what immortals was like anyway sorry yeah, oh you're fine i was just gonna say so you know looking at ubisoft after this call and looking at their next year so all we know from them then that we know is releasing is mario and rabbits sparks of hope which you reference right that looks amazing it looks uh, amazing so I hope Nintendo did the bulk of the work there, apparently. Um, I don't know. I think, but... strateg- I think that strategy team they have at Ubisoft is really, really gifted. Um, so, yeah, I think Mario does. I, I think Nintendo does polish and helps them with that. But I, I think their strategy chops are really, really good right there. 
Well, I mean, and let's be fair for a second. Like, I know Ubisoft can be a running joke uh, for sometimes, but I, I've said before, I appreciate a lot of what they do. Um, but this, when you look at this year, right, and and now this after this earnings call and what we learned, um, I, I don't know what's going on over there. It doesn't feel like they are well organized or ready for what the industry, you know, moving forward in this industry. As this we are. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to jump on your sentence. No, I was just going to say. We've already talked about last week. We kind of joked about Skull and Bones doesn't really know what it is, and they kind of threw everything in the pot. Um, so if the only game you have that looks ultra promising, Skull and Bones could be great. We don't know. But the only game we know that's going to be great is Sparks of Hope, and that's only on the Switch, right? That's not on all these other platforms. It's a problem uh, with using that IP, yeah. Yeah, so now you've got one game that's coming out on what I would call core platforms, right, PC and all consoles. Uh, one game, and it looks... We'll see again right now. It's not exciting a lot of people that from a big publisher like Ubisoft that is questionable at best. Sparks of Hope is going to do great, but it's going to do great for the tactical strategy aficionado market. It's going to double top. whatever that usually is. We ain't talking about real stuff in terms of Assassin's Creed or anything else that makes Ubisoft big, big money. Uh, but Sparks of Hope is going to be fantastic. Do not sleep yeah. on it. But what I all I was going to say there is that Ubisoft is a founder led company. Right. This is a family initiative and they never have stripped off the, the, the professional CEO, which you can hate at the EAs of the world or the Activisions of everything else. They have every idiosyncrasy that comes from being founder led and then not transitioning well. And then you add on to that a better Ubisoft and everything that pops out around them and getting all of this internal flack that they haven't had to deal with before. And I think their management exploded. Uh, and you, you throw on the pandemic, you throw on a better Ubisoft, you throw on everything else, and it looks like they lost at least a year of productivity. Um, now, every company that we can see in the pandemic lost six months, maybe. I mean, you could see everything sliding, but like Ubisoft lost, it lost it worse, and we don't actually know. We don't have enough of a runway to yet know whether they've got it back at this point in time, right? They pushed everything out of every year we can see, except for their pirate game that they might have just cut bait on. Like the, the lingering fear is that they said enough and here's skull and bones. Yeah. Um, right. Because it's like, I don't know. So I, mean, I like Ubisoft more than most. I like Ubi game more than a lot of people that complain about it, but I don't know what to tell you about that. That was the wildest kind of call set up for a company that I have seen. We're canceling everything. Look forward to our stuff next time. Our revenue's down and we're canceling everything. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. But I, I, you, heard, you heard me. I love Immortals. Like, I love Immortals. Um, so I, it, Ubisoft is a conundrum. It's not nearly as bad as the love-hate relationship I have with Square Enix. Uh, but uh, Ubisoft is a, is, a weird, is a weird partner in crime. There'll be a yeah, fun when, when group of developers. Wait, sorry, Travis, I was going to say, when you're going to be okay by comparing to Square Enix, you're probably not in the best place to begin with. But They're Sorry. mercurial. <laughs> Ubisoft will be a fine group of developers in someone else's portfolio, I'm sure. Ubisoft is very high on the list of acquisition targets. Yeah. 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 Um, so Especially we'll see. I, that I Assassin's Creed asset is worth more than Ubisoft yeah, right now, absolutely. probably. They've said properly, I mean, properly utilized, it's worth more than their whole company. Like, like right. it or not. Like it that or not, regardless of what you think about the direction of Assassin's Creed, they, they've made very clear that Valhalla has made them over a billion dollars, and that's one game. 
So Valhalla is great. It's a great entry point. Vikings are very approachable for people and they've expanded it well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very curious to see this spinoff uh, Assassin's Creed game because what we hear from a lot of the kind of older school Assassin's Creed fans is they're too bloated, too big, the open world aspect. I'm very curious to see what they do with the spinoff if it's going to be more of a uh, kind of narrative driven linear experience versus what we've come to know of the major games now. We know um, there's an appetite for original recipe Assassin's Creed. So Infinity might be a play to run them both. Right. There's an appetite for RPG Assassin's Creed. We've seen that. There's an appetite for the old school Assassin's Creed. Run them both. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. have a have whatever the next Valhalla is and then have a character that goes and does Assassin's Creed campaigns. Yeah. Um, like That's that like makes the, uh, total sense. Yeah. It's like the Yakuza strategy where they broke off the old school real time into its own. Yeah. I wouldn't have reversed them that way. I still have questions about that was an interesting reversing choice, the main but... series and then giving them the normal way to play it to the to the other series i don't know that i would have done that uh but yeah but yeah. i do like it i like i like the Yaku. yeah i, I love like a dragon the game like a dragon. so good but anyway all right boys i think that's going to wrap us up for today so let's go ahead and give some closing comments and uh let us know what's coming so Travis, I'll start with you this week uh, because I know finally this week, after weeks of talking about it, people will get to see your Xenoblade review and that game releases as people are listening to this, actually. Uh, end of the week. Xenoblade? Yeah, yeah end of the week. Releases, right, 29th? Yes. Uh, yes, 29th. But people are listening to it right now. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you're listening to this later, it's coming oh. this week is what I meant. Sorry. It's, next, gotcha. it's this coming week. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go try so, to download uh, it now. We have a super chat to get to, by the way, so yeah, do you super chat first. Okay, all right. One final all super right. chat, Mr. Gecko Gamer. Gecko, is there a potential this game is going to be the biggest bankruptcy? He's referring uh, to Ubisoft. Sorry about the timing on that. The answer is 0%. no, because yeah. the assets are too valuable. So what will happen is rather than get tossed to the wind and sold on the dime, uh, dimes on the dollar and things like that, um, somebody will swoop in. Hell, Microsoft would swoop in even with the deal pending if they were the only bidder. Uh, the deal for Activision pending if they were the only bidder because it, it it's a very valuable portfolio, like very valuable. Yeah. Um, that is that is looking potentially like it's mismanaged right now, which is where you get acquisitions. I'm yeah. sorry, your intrinsic worth is triple what you're realizing. Hello, I have a sack <laughs> of cash. So I'm <laughs> like, right. that's what happens. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. Good. Yeah, it will never it'll never be a bankruptcy. They're just they're they're too uh even Sony would try to figure it out, and they don't have right. cash at all. <laughs> yeah well, i can't never mind a 10 cent they could a 10 cent would yeah fulfill all their dreams but yeah it's uh there you go wouldn't like that outcome thank no. you Gecko. but everybody yeah, would be in play for Earth today by the way i appreciate you all right you're awesome gecko thank you for the support yeah big time big time travis yes let me go uh so I've got a whole bunch of stuff going live uh, on Tuesday at the exact same time. I have literally the exact same time, the, the morning of the 26th. I have both my final review of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 going live and my preview of the upcoming roller derby shooter, Roller Drone, yes. uh, which is <laughs> going to be fun to, for, for you guys to see. Um, I actually have been playing that game beyond the preview. They gave me a full copy of the game, and I've just been like, I'm just going to play this game through to yeah, the end. So <laughs> I'm you only allowed to talk. That gets added to it when your review actually goes public. It's like I actually wound up playing this on my own for another week. Yeah, 
That's like, that's yeah. big time for me. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Cause they, <laughs> I'm only allowed to cover the first six levels in my preview, but afterward I was like, I mean, I'm just going to play the whole game. Like why not? So um, yeah, that one's cool, which I normally don't do when I preview a game. I'm just like, all right, I'm done. This is work. I'm going to go do something. This is work. Else. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, my Xenoblade Chronicle uh, review uh, is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I recorded the VO and all that stuff last night and um, it, I, I finished the game at 150 hours uh, it is a very long game. I did sort of a completionist playthrough um, a little bit, but some of the side quests almost seem mandatory. They have their own cutscenes and story arcs and all this other stuff. So I played as much as uh, I possibly could within that time and then wrote the review in like one day and then did the VO the next day. So I'm, I'm like very tight, but I, so that, I did it all. And I'm very excited for uh, Dan. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, no, he absolutely could do it. Uh, actually, I haven't even gotten to the New Game Plus stuff, which adds new content and all this other oh. stuff. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff. If you wanted to spend, like, literally 800 hours in that game, you easily could. Uh, but <laughs> Dan spent 400 hours in a 30-hour action-adventure game. I don't even know what he can spend in Xenoblade. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, <laughs> he would hate it, though. He would hate there's that no game limit. so bad. Although, you know what? You like Yakuza and you liked... Um, I, I love Tales of Arise. That's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. It, yeah, so the I thing is, Tale, it, it's it's less palatable, I think, than Tales of Arise, at least after the first hour. Um, it, it is very anime, which I know you're not that into. But uh, yeah. I know exactly what you mean, Travis, but no one has ever said that the Tales series is not anime. Yeah, it's pretty anime. <laughs> it is an oh, that's true. That's true. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's. I mean, like, from a gameplay perspective. I do know exactly what you mean. It's, yeah. it's what I would call, no offense, weird anime. <laughs> so Xenoblade goes places i haven't played three but xenoblade yeah. gets into the weird anime it really does it really does it loves that uh that power creep as well um so yeah uh, i i'm very excited for that content to finally go live and on to my next project construction simulator that's my next Ooh. preview so uh, a very different change of pace that i'm working on now so that's it like for the me, breadth guys. of experiences you get i know man they call me the jack of all trades i am the master of none it is true um but i i i have a very wide uh, array of games i enjoy so that's fantastic there you go awesome uh rick Sure. Well, we're going to keep doing Hangouts and Headlines every morning, 7.30, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Turns out I need a day off between doing those really early morning streams. And we're doing virtual legalities when they pop up. Uh, so I, I think we might cover things like, oh, I don't know, P PlayStation lawsuits, Bungie suing the living crap out of a cheater. Who knows what's <laughs> going to... Uh, it's going to pop up on virtual legality. We're going to keep doing those. And as I said at the top of this video, if you didn't check it out, Check out our first adventure in Lawyers and Dragons. That's a one-off that was separate. Got hugely more popular than I thought it would be. So we're getting the gang back together. We're going through. We're putting together an actual season of content there. We're going to have guests. We're going to have level one characters. We're going to have a great time. So at least put that on your calendar because what could be better than watching people on the internet that are also lawyers try to work out how to play Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> Fantastic. And over on the SG front, uh, so our discussion, Travis is a nice discussion on reviews, which came up several times today, funny enough. Uh, that's actually going to go live tomorrow. So Monday, you might already be listening to this, might already be live. Uh, it is a two and a half hour discussion on review methodology. Uh, it sounds boring as hell, but I think uh, we've gotten a lot of good feedback on it, honestly. I think people really enjoy it because I think there are a lot of questions out there around how outlets review games and what their criteria is and how they approach that and we kind of tackle or what a review is 
we pretty much tackle yeah most of those angles so i uh, hope you enjoy that thanks for the feedback we've already gotten on it from our patrons and speaking of patrons segue uh if you want to check that out we've got uh fresh content there some new um some new things coming so always check out season gaming patreon it helps everyone all the contributors of season gaming um goes directly to the site and the contributors um so it's a it's a big thing if you want to check that out other than that find us on discord and as always thank you for your support here every sunday hanging out with us chat you've been awesome today i've always appreciate all of you and yeah thank you so much if you made it this far, like and subscribe, because if we didn't turn you off with this particular two hours, we're not going to turn you off next time either. And you want a reminder when we're on next. So hit the little red button. The red button hates to be red, prefers to be gray. Hit that button and let us know that you're a fan of what we do here. <laughs> and also, YouTubers flying, man. So have fun with that. Love it. What'd you say, Travis? YouTubers flying. Also, I'll be gone next week. So have fun hey, with that. Hey, if if you don't like Travis, now is also the time to subscribe and leave a note for you to come back to the <laughs> right. channel next weekend because it's Travis free. Hogue goes Hogue Wild. That's right. Hogue Wild. You can back no off my Xenoblade review and I will not be able to rebuttal. It'll be great. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yes. Your yes. article goes up this week. We might do your review on Friday, casual Friday and Hangouts and Headlines. I'll have to see. We might go over Travis's work in that space. It was a recommendation from one of our viewers. Show up. Travis might pop in. Oh, this sounds yeah. like a fun Friday. Yeah. Mm. I heard you right. finished the game, so you can talk about that. I want to play the game. I, I have the receipts for that, my friend. I finished that damn game. My God. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks, as always, for hanging out with us. Uh, we will see you next Sunday. We will have a guest filling Travis's space. Uh, it should be a good time, as always. We look forward to talking to you then. Peace.